Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, and enjoy all the features there for free. Those other talk show hosts in the industry, they want to charge you for their sites. We give ours away. So enjoy uh, over at freetalklive.com. In fact, the main feature of the site actually allows you to influence the stuff that we will talk about on the air. You can go and submit different show prep suggestions to the website. And then, uh, well, other listeners will look at those and then decide whether they like or dislike. And then the most liked within a certain period of time will be promoted to the front page of our website. So it's like a little... uh, like a little news service oriented to the people that enjoy this show, which means they're kind of liberty-based news for the most part, because that's just our audience. And uh, so it's an, it's it's a little news service, and also at the same time, uh, it's a way for us to get some interesting stuff to talk about. So coming up here tonight, of course, your calls about what you want. Also, the story I promised last night we didn't have time for about an 80-year-old man and the cops, you know, they're so nice to octogenarians. I mean, they, they treat the, the, the elderly with such respect. And uh, we'll talk about what happened. But first, your phone calls. Willie is in Nevada to start things out. Willie, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hey, what's uh, on your mind? This thing with Arizona and illegal immigration, you know, and the sheriff was up there talking earlier. Why don't they just deputize a bunch of people? I'm sure you'll find plenty of people to... What thing? To Hold on, wait a minute. State. What thing, the sheriff, what What are you talking about? Uh, I hope I have the correct number here. I was trying to get a hold of Alex Jones at Prison Planet. No. When uh, the board op answered the phone, he likely said this was Free Talk Live. Um, oh. So you're not even, not even close, but we'll talk to you about it. What, uh, what are you well, talking about? You know, I don't... You know, uh, uh, why can't you know there, there's some areas down there in Arizona where they say the the uh, uh, drug smugglers are taken over, and uh, I'm sure that if uh, can the sheriff still deputize people? I'm sure they can. Um, why do you think the I mean, uh, drug smugglers have taken over? It might be an option. You know, I'm sure you can find find plenty of people willing mm-hmm. to help out. Well, I'm, I'm sure you, I'm absolutely certain you can uh, find amateurs to uh, to play cowboy. Well, maybe um, not amateurs. How about some some uh, some veterans? You know, I'm sure they live down there too. Soldiers aren't police. Um, there's uh, that, that's a mistake that's been well, made. Well, neither in, were the citizens. You know, when they deputize them in days gone by. How's the drug war been going so far? Um, we've been uh, fighting it since for the last seven, eight, nine decades. I haven't been fighting it. I can tell the United you that. States government has been fighting a war on drugs in this country for seven, eight, nine well, decades. That whole thing is a joke anyway. They ought to legalize this stuff and be well, done with well, it. They can't go. seem to stop it. Yep. That's going to solve your problem. I mean, if you uh, if you legalize drugs, if you well, are, are let me them. let me back up one second. Not necessarily legalize it, but for sure decriminalize right. it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sure. You know, so big corporations don't start advertising. Like they do every other product, but for sure decriminalize it. And that'll you know, ru- that'll just destroy uh, any profits that those gangs might be making, and so they'll go out of business. Uh, that would be the best way to know. solve your problem. I mean, when you when you do, if you're doing what you suggested initially, and that is increasing the amount of people out uh, calling themselves the cops, uh, that just you know that just kind of creates a, a police state. And I don't know about you, but that's not a that's not somewhere I want to live. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be like forever. 
It would just be until they clean up the mess. Isn't the isn't the Reagan quote the closest thing we have to eternity on this earth as a government program? I mean, I I haven't. There's, I, I don't know. There's not too many out there that uh, too too many times the government uh, does gets bigger and then shrinks back down. You know. Well, something should be done about it. You know, Agreed. because before you know it, uh, you know they're gonna things are gonna get completely out of alignment. Yeah, I mean, they're already out of alignment. Like drug- you said. They've been fighting the drug war for on and on. Sure. The whole thing is baloney. It's just like that war on terror. It's just baloney. Right on. I'm with you there, Willie. Thanks for the and, call and tonight. I appreciate, appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Uh, he's right. Uh, something should be done, but increasing the amount of force uh, being used in the war on drugs isn't going to solve the problem. You know, you can, you can change the penalty for drugs to death. And you're still not going to get rid of drugs. Yeah, uh, in fact, one point though, if you increase the penalties, then all that really does is it just makes it, it makes the drug business a, a business that attracts the most criminal. Because as the risk level increases in order to do business in the war, in the, you know, in this uh, prohibition black market, then the people who are willing to take the most extreme of risks, are going to be the most extreme of people. So if you think it's bad now, if you think the violence surrounding the war on drugs is bad now, just try uh, increasing the penalties. Try increasing the uh, you know the amount of cops on the street busting people and and the making it more severe uh, when people get busted. That's going to make things worse because force has unintended consequences. And that seems to be the uh, it. The sort of the propensity of most people is, well, there ought to be a law that, you know, how how can we use the government to solve this problem? And I'll admit that the government is this nice centralized agency that one can sort of look look to and, um, you know, have this. We've been taught that there's an expectation that they're going to solve problems. And admittedly, they've they, they can solve some problems in, for, for a great deal of money. I'd like to point out that spending way too much money to solve a problem isn't really a solution. And here's an analogy I like to give, which is if I uh, wanted to go out and my wife told me to go buy a Honda Accord and I spent $75,000 doing it, she wouldn't consider me to have solved the Honda Accord problem. Yeah. She would consider me, well, she'd be, consider me a complete idiot. You'd have accomplished the goal of right. buying the Accord. And you're right about that, Mark. There are certainly things that government can do. Uh, they do a poor job of it. Uh, they're, they're not uh, very efficient. In many cases, there are total back, uh, backfiring consequences that actually make the problem worse or uh, you know, essentially create more problems than they originally intended. So there's, there's all that. But when they do accomplish something, it's usually like what you're saying. You know, they buy something or they you know, build a bridge, which, of course, it's a contractor that does that. Or they build a school or they build a road. So more like tangible things. The government's okay at doing tangible well, things. At writing a check for way too much money yeah. for some giant edifice. But yes, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter in the war on drugs because then the government's fighting against the marketplace directly. Mm-hmm. Then it's the government up against supply and demand. And there ain't nothing that they can do about that. There's no amount of money that they can spend that will really significantly reduce drug usage in the United States. And they've already spent trillions of dollars on this, right? So it's not an unfunded kind of mandate. The war on drugs has been well spent throughout the years. And all we have, uh, we, all they have to show for it is millions of 
victims, people yeah. that have had their lives destroyed. Prisons full of people that, that didn't harm anyone, that have, you know, in some cases, tremendous sentences for marijuana and, and uh, mm-hmm. relatively harmless substances compared to, say, legal things like alcohol and tobacco. But oh, don't forget, there are people in jail for uh, legal things like prescriptions, things like that. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, y- using force in this case, is going to backfire. We've seen it over and over again in the war on drugs. The war on drugs is the perfect, uh, is really the ideal example of government force and its consequences. So not a solution to uh, go out and give people badges and tell them, all right, you're a soldier now in the war on drugs. We're going to crack down. We're going to put a stop to these drug dealers. All right, get on out there, folks. And not going to do it. You, you know, I think that, um, what about the idea of stopping, I guess that somewhere included in this is what about illegal immigration and those uh, those crazy... Yeah, that was his original kind of call, it's, but he went off in the war on drugs and I didn't want to take him back to the Right, and, and the question is, can you deputize veterans and uh, ex-cops and uh, your your average gun-toting Yahoo down in uh, Arizona to, uh, to, to run Mexicans out? Yeah, I think you can. I think you absolutely can. Um, I think that uh, I don't want to live in a place where somebody who looks like an Italian or uh, a Puerto Rican or, or somebody else who ends in an Ann um, gets harassed you know, by, harassed by some yucker do who now feels all amped up on uh, steroids because he's got himself a badge. It's probably bad enough already with the, right. the anti-immigrant fervor going on down there. It's but probably- yeah, you can drive him into New Mexico, California, Texas, farther areas farther north. Can you stop him from coming to the United States for a better life because Mexico stinks? Not without making the United States a really terrible place to yeah, live. That's absolutely the case. The toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231. And they are busy doing that. They are busy working to make the United States a terrible place to live. What the Freedom state. disappear every day. In the decades to come, hardy adventurers will colonize the solar system, rediscovering freedom and finding vast new wealth. But the government of Earth will seek to extend its power and claim that wealth as its own any way it can. Escape from Terra, Volume 1, the first trade paperback collection of the popular adventure webcomic series, is available now for $12.95 from Big Head Press at BigHeadPress.com. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial in via the toll-free number. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you've missed a moment of the program, never fear. We've got them all archived for you right there on the front page of the website. and go. Uh, you can see a week's worth on the front page. And then if you click into the archive section or the podcast, you can go back to 2006. So enjoy all that for free at freetalklive.com. Feeling a little chubby? Try lumathin.com, lumathinplus.com. It is a weight loss supplement for those that, uh, you know, it's too hard to get to the gym, don't want to change your your diet. Just take Lumathin Plus. You can go check it out. They have a a summer special going on there where you can buy two bottles and get the third one free. It's not one of those kind of supplements where you lose 10 pounds in 10 days or any kind of crash diet program or anything like that. You just take two pills in the morning, two pills in the afternoon. Some people take one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Depends on how much you need. You kind of try it out for yourself. And, uh, well, you'll lose weight. The the weight will slowly slip off without your lifestyle changing anyway. Um, Lumithinplus.com. 
Toll-free number 800-259-9231. Right back into your phone calls. We go to Jason in Colorado on the amp lines. Hello, Jason. Hey, Ian and Mark. Hey. hey, tonight I'd like to talk about why consumer prices have not risen despite all the counterfeiting at the Fed. Okay. So, uh, well, this is like uh, Economics Week on Free Talk Live. This is good. This is good. Because we had a good conversation last night about uh, deflation. Uh, yeah, that's right. And so you're saying, you're saying they've been printing money, but... Let me take a crack at this, if I can, before you explain. Uh, Go ahead. Well, they're always printing money, but at the same time, there's been all of these loans that have been called in from the banks, that sort of thing, uh, defaulting, etc., uh, foreclosures. And when uh, when the banks create a loan, they are creating money from thin air. That's one of their powers that they have uh, because of the Federal Reserve System. So uh, when the yep. banks create uh, loans, they are inflating the money supply. And when those loans get called in, then... There's a little bit of deflation. Yes, that's right. Okay, so I'd like to pick up right where you left off. Um, uh, that's there. There are several steps to money creation. So, um, in order for them to create the money, uh, the first, well, let me take one step back. Uh, when I say consumer price increases, I'm talking either the CPI or the median CPI. You know, that's all academic, but basically the prices you pay in the store. Well, those so, the, well, uh, now those those numbers are are scammy because they're they're put out by the government, right? I mean, a lot of these right, they're uh, lowballed. Okay, and they often don't include uh, they don't include housing, they don't include fuel, food? and they don't include food. Which I don't know right. about you, but if you take housing, fuel, and food out of my economic equation at my house, you're taking something some percentage that begins with a nine out of the whole situation. Yeah, right, right on, Mark. So we know that those numbers are fudged and lowballed, and I'm talking about what, what, why aren't those fudged numbers even higher than they sh- than they are right now? Even right. where, even if they're hiding those things, and uh, that's what I want to talk about. So there's a couple steps. I won't bore everybody with all the steps, but basically they make the decision to create digital money, as Ian just alluded to. They make the purchase. They make those purchases through these large, uh, the, basically the bank cartel, the primary dealers, is what they're called. And they basically create money out of thin air. They move it into the bank's accounts, and the banks give them whatever assets they're selling, whether it be mortgage-backed securities or treasuries, all, all the different um, – basically monetize anything they want. So that, that goes on to what they call the Fed's balance sheet. Now, without getting too boring, the balance sheet basically is the first step. If you watch the Fed's balance sheet rise, then uh, when you go on to CNBC and you see them talk about how is the Fed going to reduce their balance sheet, they're talking about how is the Fed going to get out of this mess uh, that they've created for themselves by basically counterfeiting. Then there's a couple more shell games. You've got to be careful with using that term counterfeiting because it means one thing to one person and it means another thing to another person. So I I think that although I I agree with you that they're essentially doing the same thing that counterfeiters do, they're printing money. Counterfeiting is a legal term. Yes, yes. They're legally printing uh, more money. Legally counterfeiting or printing more money. (laughs) Yes, definitely, Mark. And it's digital money. They don't even have to run them off the printing press anymore. It it ought to be a crime. Unfortunately, it's not. (laughs) Right. In fact, counterfeiting, one one side note, counterfeiting is one of the only three things that are illegal according to the Constitution. Treason, Mm -hmm. counterfeiting, and uh, I think piracy. And that's basically the three branches of government. But I digress. (laughs) Uh, So so, uh, the Federal Reserve... Then they go into Federal Reserve credit, and this is all this is all accounting. But eventually, it gets to the banks, and then the big banks that just received the free free digital money that just got printed, they have a decision to make, and they basically decide to loan money 
or to hold it as reserves. And most of the time, they choose in a normal economy, they choose loans because right. uh, they pay their depositors uh, interest, not very much, and then they make loans at a higher rate, the mortgage and all the other loans, mm-hmm. and that's how the bank makes its money. So it pyramids the money, and normally the excess reserves, which is what I really want to talk about, the excess reserve really stays basically right at the legal minimum because the bank makes money by lending the money out. Mm-hmm. And it is the excess reserves that, that most of us don't realize. That is the, that's where all the money that the Fed created is sitting, and it's because the, uh, the bankers are terrified to loan into this environment. They don't think that they're going to get the money back if they put it out there in the form of new loans. They're not in businesses. So they, they don't think that for a reason because it's likely they won't. So and, and we've heard right. this we've heard this before. So basically what you're saying is that uh, when the money comes out of the Federal Reserve to the head member banks that uh, they basically are sitting on it and so it is effectively hasn't really gone into the money supply as far as it's not circulating around. Am I understanding correctly? That's that's exactly right Ian. and and they're sitting on 1.1 trillion dollars in excess Whoa. reserves. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I know, by the way, there's a, there's a friend of ours, uh, Ryder, who's been on the show once or twice, I think on the weekend, uh, maybe once. But uh, Ryder has been looking to buy a, a house here in Keene, and he's a he's a responsible, respectable young man. Uh, I mean, am I right about this, Mark? Ryder Absolutely. Is a, is a respectable young man. He's lived here his whole life, and uh, he can't get a house. I mean, the, the guy's got a, a good, solid job with income coming in. He's got yeah. the ability to, to rent out rooms. Right. He's got uh, r- Four renters. years ago, they'd have, they'd have shoved him in a mansion as fast as he could have uh, and, blinked. And he has a down payment as well, a, a decent down payment from what I understand. No, he cannot get uh, a mortgage. Yep. Yeah, and it's and it, but one, one, okay, so once the charade that's going on TV goes on long enough about uh, – earnings and uh, the economy's turning around and jobs are better. What, after all that takes hold, and it might take, I don't know, a year or two, maybe even longer. Once that takes hold in the banks, basically the, the commercial bankers have the power to make these loans. And when they feel comfortable to make these loans, that is when this money that we just discussed, this excess reserves that is basically sterilized out of the economy, actually gets converted into what we were talking about last night, M1, basically checking accounts. It cascades through the – and it, it doesn't just turn into $1.1 trillion of new money in the M1 money supply. It turns into, through fractional reserves, six, seven, eight times the amount. I don't even know what the reserves are. It's more than that. It's nine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what's, what you're warning of there is, is hyperinflation, uh, you know, a huge inflation of the currency. And I think that it's a – Is that it's what we're talking about? Are we talking about, talking about hyperinflation? Uh, At least inflation. No. I'm, I'm talking about massive inflation prior to that. If, if you've got more to explain, uh, you're welcome to. Hang on, Jason. Yes. Uh, it's, it's very good. He's very good at this. Normally, I have a tough yeah, time this with is, uh, It's economics. not an easy subject. There's more coming up here at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Morsels. There are a million reasons to bake with Toll House. Find yours at VeryBestBaking.com. A balanced diet is important, but so is the occasional treat. Working with your kids to bake a dessert from scratch helps them to appreciate it even more, and it keeps them from resenting having to eat their veggies every other day. Plus, baking is a perfect excuse to spend time with your kids, since just being together is a treat. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday.
Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there for free, including our bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. Now, amongst 500,000 posts, you're going to find a lot of variety. There's going to be some garbage, and there's going to be some really cool stuff. So good luck to you in figuring out which one is which at uh, bbs.freetalklive.com. But I actually saw something uh, today uh, from the BBS that was just absolutely incredible. Have you seen this 24 Types of Libertarians? Um, Yeah, it's like a little cartoon. Yeah, it's kind of a bad joke cartoon. Yeah, like a bunch uh, of straw men. Yeah, that some authoritarian made. So somebody well, made somebody made it, and it would seem to me that they would have to know libertarianism pretty intimately to be a able lot to come of it's up with incorrect. Yeah, a lot of it's just not accurate, but some of it is, and some of it's kind of funny. But the guys over on the BBS came up with, I guess they collaborated and they came up with uh, something that is far more brilliant: the twenty-four types of authoritarians. Oh, that should be good. And I it hasn't been finalized yet, but it's at like ninety percent. And it really is impressive. So they actually took the exact same graphic from the 24 types of libertarians and changed all the text. They are clever over there. That's, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. So I knew there was a reason I kept that BBS around. BBS.freetalklive.com. Go get interactive. If you've been uh, listening to our conversation about economics here um, and, one of, and you're concerned with uh, the criminal activity of the Federal Reserve, the U.S. Treasury and the United States government in general, maybe you ought to stock up on a little bit of gold and silver, uh, you know, it could if if there is some kind of inflationary spike going on gold and silver is the the place to be um you can go to gold.freetalklive.com over there and uh, check out some coins that i've hand picked i think these are the best ones to essentially get the precious metal in your hand rather than some kind of collector coin or something like that that you need to be an expert to know about um and if you don't have the money to say buy a bunch of them right now you can call this number i'm going to give you and ask for the layaway plan put 20 coins on layaway I recommend silver. That way you can get them in your hand more quickly. We have uh, several types of silver coins you can choose from. Lakota Nation silver rounds, Montana silver reserves, even some Walking Liberty halves. I think that uh, um, you know those, those silver coins are a good size for, for bartering if you need to do such a thing. Hmm. You just call this number, ask for the layaway plan. It's 877-857-9938. You can pay on a weekly basis, a bi-weekly basis, whatever's right for you and uh, your paycheck. 877-857-9938. I wish that there had been a program like this when I was trying to save a few years back. Um, I wasn't able to do it, um, get gold and silver. This is for our listeners who can't, uh, you know, just don't have the money to buy right now. 877-857-9938. All right. Toll-free number here for us is 800-259-9231. As we continue, Jason is still with us in Colorado talking about things relating to inflation as to uh, apparently they're still going ahead and, and printing out some money. But uh, or actually increasing the money supply digitally. However, there's some factors you're bringing up here, Jason, that are showing that the the money and the inflated money supply hasn't really reached the rest of us. Uh, because one of the things you pointed out was the banks are just sitting on 1.1 trillion dollars, which once they lend out to people, will end up being at least nine times as much through the fractional reserve uh, banking system. So there's some factors there that are making it so that we aren't really seeing the consequences yet. Yeah, and, and you know, the uh, the dummies version is basically the asteroid has already hit. The shockwave has not traveled through the monetary system yet. And mm. and some people think that the asteroid hasn't hit, but it has. It is a vertical spike of money creation. Let, I want to finish off excess reserves, and then I want to talk about the M1 and, and even some predictions. 
because I think people, as Mark was just alluding to in the in the commercial about gold and silver, I'd like to talk about that in a minute. But so there's 1.1 trillion excess reserves. That money can come off the come 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 off the sidelines two ways. The Fed can cause it to come off. Some people say the Fed isn't in control of this. The commercial bankers are. But if the Fed were to impose a penalty, essentially charge the banks for excess reserves, they would flee that. They would they would they would run like it's on fire, and they would put that money into the loan market. So whenever you hear Barack Obama talking about you know businesses need to loan, the Fed could accomplish the same thing that legislation could uh, by just simply imposing a penalty for holding that because they would be losing money. They are losing and money on that. And what does the bank care? They're... I mean, what, I, why would the banks care about lending this out? Because uh, if they do that, then shouldn't they just feel good that the feds are going to back them up when uh, the people go bust again, just like they bailed out a bunch of banks before? They're, they're, they're okay with holding on to this, but they're going to be pressured because in a Keynesian economy that we have, there will be no recovery without this money getting loaned to small businesses and, and other businesses. This is actually holding up the Keynesian recovery. Uh, it, they're, 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 uh, they're screwed either way, basically, if they hold on to this or they don't. Hmm. And when you but, say Keynesian but, recovery, uh, that's not a good recovery for the rest of us, right? Right. No, we don't. I mean, uh, if this money... If this money went out into the market in the form of loans overnight, you're talking from taking the M- okay the M1 just right now is 1.7 trillion. So we talked about 1.1 trillion excess reserves. The current wow. money supply checking accounts is 1.7. If you did no no fractional reserve inflation, you know creation, and you just plop that down, that Holy would nearly crap. double prices overnight, and that's before things even multiply. So so yeah, this, wow. this would go out there. It'll create jobs, but. Uh, your corn, your gasoline, everything will go up as those prices flow through the system. Jeez. Okay, so um, I, you know, this is this is what a lot of us have been expecting. Those those people are paying attention to the Federal Reserve and uh, the creation of, uh, of money, the incredible spike of creation of money in two thousand and nine, and I, I don't see them really particularly letting up in two thousand and ten. Um, right. we, we've all been watching this. We've all been waiting for the inflation, the, the prices to go up and all those, it, the, 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 the likelihood of the prices to go up because inflation doesn't necessarily mean the prices will go up. Um, so what do we, what do we do about it? What's your recommendation? What, um, you know, what's, okay. what's the average guy do? Okay. Cause I can't do okay, anything so. about the federal reserve. I can't do anything about the United States government. I can't do anything about their military. I can't do anything about any of the, that stuff except worry. What can I do for me and my family? Run for office. That's, that's, <laughs> no, definitely. No. Well, for, first thing you want to do is move to New Hampshire, but since you're already there, Mark, that, that doesn't count. So you want to get out of debt like we talked about last night. Uh, if you think that inflation is coming, which I do, uh, even before you start stockpiling gold and silver, you want to buy consumer goods that you already use. I mean, if you, you know, you basically go to Costco and buy the stuff you want. It, don't, buy, you know, don't buy stuff that is not storable. Uh, invest in yourself, essentially like you guys did with creation of this radio program. Start a side business, preferably if you could do one off the books and not do W-2s and all that stuff. You know, basically invest in a side business or a change of career or do something for yourself. But if you can't change a career, then buy staples and buy gold and silver. And, you know, there are seasonal – basically gold and silver, I think, are going to go down for the next couple of months because there's a seasonal – it's a seasonal yeah. thing, just like house buying. Uh, Indian dowries uh, occur in August and September, and uh, Americans get their bonuses and Christmas gifts and jewelry and all that stuff happens at the end. So I think around August, September might be a good buying opportunity for 
for gold and silver. And I recommend uh, this is another topic we can talk about a different day, but basically put 80% of your money into gold, physical gold coins. I'm not talking uh, the paper exchange stuff. I'm talking physical coins and only 20 in silver because central banks buy gold and they don't buy silver. Silver is not used. So um, that's what I recommend. But I would like to make some predictions if, if I could to no, talk go about for it. what you can watch. Okay, so we've, we've left excess reserves. We talked about how that will be turned into the money stock. Um, you can look on online and see all these charts. Uh, the government, the Fed produces these things. And, again, I look at all these. Anything produced by the government I looked at as fudge some way. So this is it's probably worse than this. Mm -hmm. so, but you can look on these, uh, these charts, and I can uh, give you a link at the very end of this uh, segment here. Uh, but I think that there are four stages that we're going to go in. Because right before the break, Ian mentioned, you know, or Mark mentioned, is this hyperinflation? I think there are four stages before hyperinflation, or three before hyperinflation. You're going to see we're at 0% CPI right now, basically. I think when, when, when it goes above 3%, and I think that'll happen around 2011, 2012, people take notice that inflation, as they call it, is above what they're told that is historical norm. Then you have double digits. Then you have 20%, and then there's a choice to be made whether to go to hyperinflation or depression. What wow. do you think it's the choices they'll make? <laughs> uh, the Fed and the bankers are going to make that choice at around 20% to go to hyperinflation or the Great Depression. What's too, the website, Jason? The greater... What's the website? Uh, you can go to GaryNorth.com. You've got good. a freebie stuff on the left. Thanks for the info and the start. expertise. Appreciate it. We're coming up. Free talk live. Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Of anything, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can also, uh, of course, interact on our website, freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy the website, you can go to uh, amazon.freetalklive.com help support us. You probably want to buy something right now. There's probably something you have your eye on that you've been thinking about buying. Well, when you're ready to make the purchase, don't forget to go to amazon.freetalklive.com. Do a price check. Check the Amazon price versus whatever your local big box store is, the other internet competitors. Odds are good you're going to get a better price. Free super saver shipping on brand new items. You can even buy used through Amazon. You know them, the world's largest internet superstore. Dozens of categories. You shop through Amazon.freetalklive.com and you get the stuff you're looking for. And Free Talk Live will get a cut of the sale. Same great Amazon prices. It's just you're going through our, our portal, if you will. And they give us credit in the form of um, something like 7 plus percent of the sale. So... Pretty cool. Amazon.freetalklive.com. As we continue with your phone calls, Kurt is in North Carolina. Kurt, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Uh, I've seen that, the movie that Eric watched last night. Uh, I should say that Eric was talking about last night, The Money Masters. Yeah. It goes into, de it goes into detail on some of the abuses of the, of the um, Federal Reserve and such. Actually, it does a really good job of, of taking the Federal Reserve to task. Unfortunately, the producers just want another fiat currency, and they, they oh, go geez. through great pains to rationalize and come up with terms like, owe the money to ourselves and such. Yeah, that so sounded like that, crazy talk last night when, uh, when he was on the line. 
Yeah, the reason he couldn't justify it is because they never justify it. They never really define what, what it is they're talking about. They just say if, if uh, Congress were to print the Continental again, it would be fine because it would be Congress. <laughs> so, right, the idea that uh, you can't trust these uh, dirty, evil, the bankers. international bankers, read Jew, right. um, and uh, you know the idea that you can't trust them, but you can trust our politicians. They're beholden to us. How's that worked after 200 years? I mean, the politicians are beholden to nobody but the, the people that, that give them campaign contributions. The, the idea that giving them control of the printing press is somehow going to fix the problems, ludicrous. I'd like to point out that I got a... I got more than one email uh, basically saying, but you can't have gold and silver as the necessarily the form of currency because they're fixed and the, and the amount of people is growing. Okay, granted, I never said, Ian never said, the gold and silver are the things that should be the, uh, the currency. I think that they probably would be a form of currency. I think that people would take a basket, uh, take a, you know, all sorts of different types of currency, um, like they do in Europe and so many countries, they'll accept I've gone to countries and paid in American dollars, or local dollars, uh, the, the 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 kind of coin from the, the next door country or whatever. Many places can take different stuff. Mm -hmm. Just because you're in a, here in America, don't nobody know nothing about no other coins of currency or nothing. Go to Canada. That's a They'll Canada Canadian coin. That ain't real. Um, you know those uh, that that kind of attitude, this elitist attitude, where if you don't speak English and you don't have American money, you ain't nothing. That's just dumb and. Uh, the the fact is, people would have different kinds of currencies. The people's labor is, um, and and the stuff that they've created is really what's valuable, not just metal in the ground. Yeah, he is, he was also deeply confused about the source of credit. The source of credit is savings. So the Mastercard company is going to have investors that are going to front a month's worth of money, so that you can go out and buy groceries for a while and pay it off at the end of the month, and they'll get us they'll get a uh, money back because everybody's paying into the system as they are now, the 4% that a merchant pays. So there's no, there's no credit crunch because they can't print dollars. It doesn't work that way. Credit is from savings. Where else would it be? I mean, if it's my money, shouldn't I be able to loan it to somebody at a, at, at a form of interest? You know, the uh, the idea that, uh, that there's this this sort of attitude that at one point usury was a sin from the church, so therefore the idea of, of charging interest is bad. Um, that you know, governments basically made it illegal for Christians to charge interest. That's how the the Jews got their bad name or whatever back you know three or four hundred years ago. And I'm in surprised. In, in hindsight, Mark, I'm surprised. You didn't call that guy out last night for the uh, you know possibly being uh, a bigot. I'm, I'm not ready to unless somebody drops uh, an ethnicity. Yeah. I'm not going to just drag them out because it, it it derails the conversation. It's yeah. race. We didn't need that. You're right. I mean, it was crazy enough of a conversation as is. So uh, what else oh, do you want to oh, share so, tonight, Kurt? Well, the the the, uh, the Jewish types didn't just get a bad reputation. Uh, well, I should say they weren't bad mouthed for for doing the loaning for interest, which was allegedly bad for the Christians to do. They also got occasionally robbed of everything they had every sure. time the, pr the local prince needed a, an infusion of funds. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to go after him. Kurt, thanks for the, uh, sharing that. Anything else on your mind? Nope, thanks very much. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. The number is brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. So I promised last night uh, that we would talk about the police and an 80-year-old man. Just protecting and serving. You know, they're, they're good guys. Just a few bad apples out there. The cops, that is.
This is according to William Norman Grigg at LewRockwell.com. The story brought to you by our friends at CopBlock.org. Robert Threadgill, an inoffensive 80-year-old man from Wimberley, Texas, was severely beaten by four heroic uh, paladins of the public order on June 22nd after being falsely accused of trespassing on public land near a local fishing hole. As the octogenarian attempted to address the concerns raised by the four intrepid deputies from the Hayes County Sheriff's Office, his son Stephen Threadgill approached the scene out of concern for his father. For good reason. Anybody that knows uh, what these people are capable of uh, would definitely want to keep an eye on things. After Robert assured Stephen that everything was all right, I mean, of course it must be. These are the, the men in blue. They're, they're just doing their jobs. They would never hurt a, a respectable elderly gentleman like, uh, like himself. The younger man turned around, only to be clubbed in the head from behind by one of the stalwart defenders of public order. This valiant specimen was joined by a comrade who beat the victim severely before dragging him 70 feet to a patrol car. While Stephen, the younger uh, one, was being assaulted, Robert was thrown to the ground by the other two deputies who injured injured the elderly man's shoulder so severely that surgery will be required. When Robert's 78-year-old wife arrived, she too was threatened with arrest. That is, criminal assault and kidnapping. Neither Stephen nor Robert was formally placed under arrest. They sat suffering in the patrol car until a team of EMTs who heard about the incident over the fire department's radio scanner arrived and examined their injuries. At the time, Stephen was unconscious. As the victims were bundled into an ambulance, one of their assailants taunted them by saying that just because you're going to the hospital doesn't mean it'll end there. Robert Threadgill, a slight man around five foot, eight inches tall, was heard begging for the officers to stop hurting him and his son, relates his daughter, who's published photographs of the victims. Stephen is about 5'5", 125 pounds. That guy weighs less than I do, and (laughs) I'm not Not very big. Not a big big. man. Uh, I can't imagine that they presented any kind of threat, says Grigg. A witness described the events as totally unprovoked and a vicious attack on an elderly man and his son who was walking away from the scene. As is always the case when badge-wearing bullies commit criminal assault, the primary victim, Robert Threadgill, has been charged with the non-crime of... Disorderly conduct? No, no, it's a good guess. It was a good guess. One more. Um, resisting arrest. Yes, you got it. Because whenever you don't do exactly as they say, whenever you don't go along with whatever they demand of you, you will get one of those two or both uh, of those charges and, or some other made-up crap. Uh, so there's more, though. Uh, but right, if it, I mean, shouldn't he have been charged with trespassing? On I mean, uh, public property, right? right. <laughs> well, you know, and it's it's sort of the perceived reality that public property is owned by the people. The actual reality yeah. is public property is owned by government thugs, and they will send out their government thugs to get to come and get you. Yeah, if you're that's allowed what they to be there. Do. You're allowed to be there until they say otherwise. Yep. Uh, which Not is what your happened, property. Sorry. Right. That's what happened to me when I was in the city building last week to uh, pay the property tax extraction. Is they threatened me with trespassing for being there and asking a question. The sheriff's office has uh, denied requests for the arrest report and refused to comment on the case. Oh, yeah, and you're right, Mark. Neither he or his son has been charged with trespassing. And so why should they, why should they bother commenting on the case? It's, after all, it's not as if someone important was hurt. 
you know, like one of their own. Oh yeah, that's 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 when they'll bring out the uh, the the neighboring the police from all the neighboring mm-hmm. areas. We gotta we gotta comb the area and find out who 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 who's responsible for putting a splinter in the finger of our comrade at arms. Well, um, you know that's that's when you'll see the the, the parades when one of them uh, is is killed and in action defending liberty and uh, everybody's safety and all that good stuff. Rest assured, they have done an investigation. They oh, have yeah. uh, checked things out here. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when these things happen, when, when deputies are, uh, and, and, and police are accused of hurting people, they always do an, an, an investigation. When they, the IRS accuses people of cheating on their taxes, do they let the people do the own, their own investigation? I mean, when the government accuses you of something, do you get to investigate yourself? Because when the government accuse, um, is accused of doing something, it investigates itself. So what do you think the investigation found? They didn't find crap. Yeah, these these kid these these officers acted in accordance to the law. They're completely exonerated. That's pretty much what it was. They uh, claimed the 80 year old victim forceful. They had to use force on him because at one point he postured as if he were going to strike a deputy. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live, and we are launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. Jail uh, joining us. uh, Jail joining? How about Dale joining us? Better late uh, than never. Thanks for coming in tonight. Brain fart. Always appreciate having you here. Uh, so we'll take your calls about anything. Dale, of course, his website, anarchyinyourhead.com. Head on over there when you get a chance and see what that's all about. Uh, liberty-oriented cartoons, blog posts, and more. And we go right into your phone calls. Oh, oh, I said I'd uh, give you a little bit more about this 80-year-old man. So one moment. Uh, one moment, caller. We will get to you shortly. Uh, first, the update on the story from Robert, Th- uh, Robert Threadgill, who's a, uh, an octogenarian from Wimberley, Texas. He was beaten by uh, the police he and his son by the way his 125 pound five foot five son uh and he himself being about five eight and uh, a slight man described as a slight man so you know probably not a a a big challenge to the police Uh, probably not a a real intimidating factor uh, to the police being an octogenarian and all uh and by the way there were four cops on the scene so they were outnumbered the uh, the victims here were outnumbered by a factor of two 
And they were both uh, severely beaten. Uh, the EMS had to be called. Uh, neither of them charged with trespassing, which was the original reason they were supposedly talking to the cops. Of course, charged with resisting arrest, as you might expect. But there has been an internal uh, inquiry by the Hayes County Sheriff's Office, and they have found, no, wait for it, this is from uh, Will Grigg at LouRockwell.com, quote, no evidence of inappropriate action by HCSO deputies in the beating and abduction of Robert and Stephen Threadgill. The elder Thread, uh, Threadgill has been charged with disorderly conduct. You are right, Mark. Well, that, wait a uh, second. What's the evidence that uh, Threadgill uh, disorderly conducted or that he resisted arrest? They said so. Oh, well, then what's the evidence that the cops um, – then then how can they say that there's no evidence that the, the police uh, uh, you know, didn't – act in an inappropriate manner these people have alleged it correct mm-hmm. so here you have he said she said but in this or actually, there was a witness case, too who said it was a severe beating he, he, totally the, the, you know there's people on one side people on the other essentially what they're saying here the the, the cops are saying is that only people with badges opinions count yeah, that's usually the case. It doesn't matter whether it's true. It doesn't matter whether there's witnesses. It doesn't matter there's evidence. It doesn't matter anything. If somebody without a badge says it, it doesn't count. I've seen this that time why, after time in court. This is why you need to carry a video camera. Yep. You <laughs> and everybody you know. When you're, when you're dealing with these guys, I mean, I, I'm sure that it, was, it wasn't the, the, the thread gills didn't expect this to get out of hand until the cops clapped one of them on the head when they turned around with a, with a mm-hmm. billy club. The elder Threadgill has been right. The uh, the older man told his son to go away. It's no big deal. I'm just, just talking to the cops, right? And then the cop hit him on the head. Uh, the elder Threadgill had been charged with disorderly conduct by profane and abusive language and resisting arrest. According to the story told by the assailants, it was necessary to subdue the eighty year old victim forcefully because at one point he postured as if he were going to strike the deputies. So it was another matter of so called officer safety. Yeah, you know, this posturing, what does this posturing mean? I don't know. You know, I, I, oh my it's God, a, Ian, you just look like you were going to hit me. Yeah, yeah that's whatever's what going on in the officer's head that makes him, you know, he's he's already decided this person's going to be, do whatever, so. That's abusive language, shut up. I'm going right. to arrest both of you. <laughs> I mean, this is, cra- it's crazy. Yep, but it happens all the time, and uh, how many, what, we've had a, at least a good handful of uh, octogenarian abuse If these abuse police officers were treated in this fashion, the, uh, you'd go to prison for li- a lifetime. Oh my gosh, yeah. If you treated the cops like they treat us. If you us, made it to prison, if they didn't execute you before, uh, you know, when they were trying to track you down. It's crazy. So, uh, hey, but that's okay. Uh, that's, that's not all there is out there. There's some real good cops out there. Don't you worry about it. There's only a few bad apples. Yeah, well, there, there apparently were four bad apples sitting together. And you know and what they the say other- about a bad apple, right? It spoils the whole bunch <laughs> or box or whatever. <laughs> well, you're right, because if there were just a few bad apples, then clearly uh, the other good apples would do something about this, right? I mean, th- this is the Hayes County Sheriff's Office. Uh, if there were good apples in the Hayes County Sheriff's Office, where are they? They'd Why be are- spoiled by the bad ones. Apparently. So let's continue with your calls. Michael is in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live, the Indale and Mark. Hey, guys. I was just on the way home um, listening to the podcast from yesterday, and I heard you guys discussing the uh, video of the police officers shooting the one guy in the head instead of using the taser, so they said. Mm-hmm. I thought it was in the back, but okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't quite know the exact story. I, I was just told about it today that there was a video of it on the Internet. Oh, something. yeah. And wow, you're behind. All right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I was sitting there, you know, having a beer with with a friend of mine, and we were. He was telling me about this, and um, someone just kind of randomly walked up to us 
and mentioned that they train police officers for defense, basically, and that um, I guess the general rule is that your dominant arm is where you're supposed to put your firearm. Makes sense. And, um, and so basically, so unless you're facing down life and death, you use your weak arm. Hmm. So I just kind of find that weird just because of the fact that, from, what I, from my understanding, that there were a bunch of police officers basically restraining this guy, and the police officer, I guess against his training, I don't know, but went for, I guess, maybe maybe training things differ from region to region, but it seems like that would be the wise thing to do is to put the less lethal on, you know, on the weaker arm. That, and, and that I makes would sense. Hope. You know, I'm no I'm no gun expert, but I've had a little bit of experience with them, and I know that if you are training to draw your firearm, as I would expect the police train, I mean, these cops do training with firearms, so would it, wouldn't it make sense to have them train to quick draw? You know, you want to know where your gun is, you want to know how it feels, you want to know what it's like to pull it out and to aim it and to shoot, right? Because you, if you're in a situation that is, uh, is an intense, dangerous situation, you want to make sure you're able to access your firearm quickly, raise it to... Uh, to the level of the assailant and uh, and and fire, right? You want to make sure that you get that down. So you're supposed to practice it over and over again, uh, you know, Absolutely. in front of a mirror or something like that. You're just right. supposed well, to keep practicing. One to get of the into problems that. here could be that he over practiced with his pistol and under practiced with his taser. But if but <laughs> if what uh, if what Michael yeah. is saying is true, and the department has a policy where your good arm, the practice arm, if you will, is uh, is next to your firearm and the taser is say on your left arm if you're not a lefty uh if, if the the taser is on the other side then the muscle memory if you will should simply be to use uh the the, the right arm well, you if know, you're gonna this, pull your gun this case bothers me because uh, of reasonable doubt the question is um it's michael right caller yes michael yes. Eh, wouldn't you say that there's some reasonable doubt that this deputy um, made a mistake, pulled his uh, firearm in his ta- um, instead of his taser? Absolutely. Like, I'm not sitting there. Like, right. First well, of all, let, I, let me I make the point real quick. And this is okay. the problem with juries here, um, is that juries give cops reasonable doubt. They don't give the average citizen reasonable doubt. On, I, I'm telling you, on a regular basis, it, it's just amazing what juries will convict normal people for, but they don't do it with cops. And it's this kind of bowing to authority thing. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah. And I, I, I'm in, I live in Wisconsin. I have no idea where this story originated from, LA. but I hear it's pretty viral. No, was it? Uh, San Francisco. San Francisco, right. Uh, the San story Francisco, was yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. And so, you know, I can't lay claim to training practices in San Francisco, but, you know, this lady seemed really credible. Um, and it just seems like this would be kind of a universal standard practice. And I would probably just say... Uh, he probably was was in Iraq too long where he played too many video games. Yeah. Sad but possibly true. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 1-800-259-9231. Yeah, I, I, I find this, you know, I find it very suspicious, this case. But I think that in this case, there is a reasonable doubt that this cop made a mistake. I've, I'm, I'm shocked. And the reason that I feel that I'm shocked is because juries... It seems to me, my experience is that juries will return a guilty verdict far more than they'll return a, a, a not guilty one, and that they give that the they give law enforcement officers in all cases they give them more uh, leeway than they give the average person, and that to me is wrong. Your toll free calls are welcome. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Taryn is on the line in Georgia. Taryn, you're on Free Talk Live with the Dale. Whoa, actually, <laughs> hang hey, on, guys. Taryn. 
I'm not paying attention. Taryn, more with you in a moment. Taryn from the LCL Report will be joining us. Talking about dog breeding, I think. LCLReport.com, his website. Good video uh, reporting, uh, liberty-oriented stuff. We'll talk with Taryn in a moment. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Plus, coming up, will Delaware be the first state to outlaw CB radios? Huh? Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online. Freetalklive.com. All the features free. We've got archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. I said earlier that you could get back to 2006 in the podcast. I was incorrect about that. Uh, I realized it after I said it. You can go back to 2006 via our archives page, all of which you can access from the front page of the website, and it's all for free. So enjoy over at freetalklive.com. Every contest involves rules, and every winner knows the rules and how to use them to their advantage. Jurisdictionary at jurisdictionary.com explains to you how to use the rules of the American judicial system. Actually, any sort of English common law-based judicial system. That, that would be like Australian, Indian, Canadian, any of those. Uh, how to fill out forms, how to get evidence, how to move the court, set hearings, do research, draft pleadings. It's all in there, and it's all written by a doctorate of jurisprudence who wants you to know how to protect yourself from members of his profession. It's done in the uh, fashion that an average eighth grader can grasp in less than 24 hours. It's uh, it's simple, and there's a great deal of uh, reference material. And you can go to Jurisdictionary.com and get the course. I've taken it. It is a great course, and I think it'll help you, Jurisdictionary.com. When you do buy it, make sure you use the uh, pull-down and mention Free Talk Live. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Taryn is with us in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Taryn. Hey, guys. Taryn, uh, it's on your mind. For let me on. I am kind of in the it's mood to rant tonight. So, rant uh, away. <laughs> what I'm really mad about is I was talking with somebody on Facebook, a friend of mine, and um, I sometimes used to go out to the flea market to make extra money, and they always had purebred dogs there. And it used to – I don't know how to handle this because I don't really want to disrupt where you know I make money at work. But it really, really bothers me, and I have a big problem with people that breed dogs. Now, the reason is – um, again, I don't think the government should legislate it or anything, but mm-hmm. I do believe that people should ostracize them. Why? If you've ever worked like in dog rescue, there's so many dogs out there that get killed every single day. I mean, they're just flooded at the pounds and, and rescues. And it makes me really mad that, especially the people I see buying them, um, they'll, they'll spend $500 on a dog, you know, a special Georgia Bulldog or something, instead of just going to get a dog for 10 bucks from the pound or, I agree you know, or I agree com- bucks from a rescue. Yeah, I agree completely with you. I think that uh, that dog breeding is silly. 
Uh, and I agree that there are so many dogs that need help that are beautiful animals that uh, in many cases are very friendly and very smart that you can get from the from the pound that you, or rather the Humane Society. Uh, and the the, why shouldn't you? And I'd like to I, I'd like to chime in and, and take the other side of this one, if I can, um, Taryn. Mark's mom, by the way, is a dog breeder. Uh, yeah, she's uh, she shows shows dogs more accurately than, than breeder, but she has certainly bred dogs. But people like dogs for uh, you know like to get particular breeds of dogs because they they have personality traits that are similar in breeds. This isn't it's certainly not across the board or anything like that. There's probably a beagle out there that doesn't bark his head off, okay? But by and large, you can expect beagles to bark. You can expect uh, retrievers to be sort of friendly dogs. Not all of them or anything like that, but um, you can expect certain traits from certain dogs and people like the idea of buying a dog that'll fit into their family i mean i think you'd agree that there are dogs out there that have traits that are undesirable and that wouldn't fit into certain families right right i'm fine with that but mark my issue is that every time they breed a dog you know um it's taken away from a a dog that could be rescued now Mm -hmm. if you're really stuck on a breed you want a breed specific thing there's tons of breed rescues so you can still get your breed if you're like a breed snob, but if you really, um, my problem is why add to a, such a big problem? And I encourage people to openly ostracize breeders. It, it makes me crazy after doing some sort of rescue work, and it just kind of annoyed me enough that I wanted to call in and, and complain about it. Well, I think yeah. that's a good free market solution to I, just ostracize. I don't think, yeah, I don't think that, uh, that this is, you know, people... The reason that breeders breed is simple. People want dogs um, of a certain type. They, they, you know, they want their dog to be more attractive um, in the same way that you want your mate to be attractive or whatever. Um, people want, uh, you know, they want good looking clothes. They want good looking dogs. They want good looking girlfriends. Are you, is this sort of, are you sort of talking against specifically like puppy mills as opposed to say well, other methods of getting pets? Because I've heard horror stories about puppy mills, but that sounds different than what you're talking about. No, that's that's what's kind of out at the flea markets. It's, I mean, these people oh, yeah. just come in with dog after dogs after dogs, and they make a living at it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all about the free market, but I'm also all about trying to discourage people from using that surface. I'm, I, I don't – I mean, I'm realistic. I don't think breeding will ever go away because some people just love breeding their dogs to death. But it personally, it makes me really angry, and, um, and I think this is the right way to handle it is just to try to encourage people not to use them. Well, I agree with you that it's a bad idea to uh, to buy your dog necessarily at like a pu- a pet store or at a flea market or something like that because what you're getting is you're getting a dog that was uh, you know raised at a, a puppy mill, um, you know, by a dog that essentially is bred to death by at the time it's four or five years old and caged. I, I consider that cruel. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, it's the conditions they're kept in are not uh, very nice. You know, th- it's, yeah, that, it's sort of a it's sort of a livestock thing. I mean, uh, what do you do? You propose to um, to to ostracize people that sell hamburgers? You know, I mean, well, you, that's just it. Like it, you can you can buy the free market allows you to pay a little extra for free range meat for instance, where, do. The, where the meat was raised in a healthier environment, but it's healthier to eat. It's also uh, le- more humane for the animals that are, that are, that are being in, they're in that environment. And you can do similar things um, in this sort of situation where you, you support the areas of the market that you think are better, even if it means maybe paying a little more, going to maybe going to a little more trouble to find the dog you want instead of just showing up at a flea market or at a pet store and picking well, out a dog or something. I, I- I have to admit, you know, it is livestock to some people. I lived out in West Virginia out in the country, and they treat their dogs just like livestock. It's, you know, your dog gets killed, you get another the next day. It's, you know, you sell your dog. 
I can't imagine like well, selling a family member. That's to me, a, that's a personal like family members. That's a very cultural thing because you know in India cows it are really sacred, uh, and. And, and and some animals in China are treated or in different parts of the world. Different animals have different statuses in the eyes of humans. But dogs are eaten in a few places. Yeah, and and for the most part, it's, it seems to be in our heads. You know, the idea that we should treat dogs differently than we treat cows, or that we should treat you know, there's there's well, the sort of the animals notion, always have the benefit, right? I like, think I I wonder if cuteness yeah. is an evolutionary thing that evolved alongside humans. Because mm-hmm. if you're cute, humans will take care of you and breed you, <laughs> and your your species will survive Get better. Turned. You know. But let me I, take this to the you next. You know what though? I'll tell you this, Dale. I think that if you actually had to go out and look an animal in the eyes and kill it to eat it, you had to go kill that cute little cow. I think almost 80 percent of the population probably be vegetarian. I don't. Think well, but isn't that it. because they've been sheltered from having to do that for so long? Because so many people yeah, were raised in the environment of do doing that, anymore. and it, it isn't shocking to them. But yeah, but if, but if that's were... because that's not saying much, is what I'm saying. Because yeah. yeah, all my life I haven't had to do that because I live in a market system where I can program computers instead of killing animals. And so yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I haven't been raised to know how to do that. But and, had and you to, been, and you wouldn't have had, you, know, uh, you, you wouldn't have uh, shrugged at snapping a chicken's neck. Not or something at all. Like that. It'd be a trivial thing to kill a chicken because I would have been raised. My my dad probably would have taken me out when I was young and showed me how to do it, and I would have been raised around. I was seeing my dad doing it, and and know, and then yep. I'd have dinner that night. And I'd know that's where my food is coming from, and I wouldn't be softened. But I, I just don't think it's a very powerful statement, honestly. Uh, I tell you what, Taryn, I want to ha- I want to hang on to you if you don't mind. Uh, okay. Come back with more, Taryn from LCLReport.com, because I want to take his logic here on the dog thing as much as I might agree with what he's saying I mean I would never buy a dog from a breeder never uh, I think a breed you gotta figure a breeder and a puppy mill are two different things I wouldn't and I don't buy like from you. a breeder that's, uh, that's more fine more coming up you here like for the it. same reasons uh, but I want to take it to the next level this is Free Talk Live there's completely different reasons have you ever wished that you could buy sell and trade in silver in your community Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. the airwaves dial in via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll-free line 800-259-9231 you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and all the features that you'll find there are totally free so enjoy those including our shrine of female listeners the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of this program see what i mean by go to shrine.freetalklive.com that is shrine.freetalklive.com School Sucks Podcast provides ideas and information about the eventual end of childhood subjugation. Because indoctrination plus regurgitation plus graduation does not add up to a real education. Please visit SchoolSucksProject.com to learn more. That's SchoolSucksProject.com as we go back to Taryn from the LCL Report at LCLReport.com. You're back on with us. Taryn, are you there? Yes, sir. Now, Taryn, you called in tonight uh, to make a point that I think is a fairly good point and that I agree with for the most part. Uh, you're talking about these people that are dog breeders. Now, not the puppy mill thing. Mark was uh, getting a little confused about what I said before, so if I wasn't clear, clearly I'm against the puppy mill situation. That's They keep those dogs in horrible uh, conditions and 
it's just an awful, awful mess of a, of a business that I think is is just terrible. What those people do, from what I understand, at least. And so what we're talking about is just dog breeders, people that maybe they they keep their dogs in better conditions. You know, maybe they they treat them real nice, like or whatever. But your point that you were making was that while you've got all these dogs out there in humane societies around the country, people will still go and they'll spend hundreds of dollars on buying a very specific type of breed from one of these breeders. And you pointed out that if they wanted to, they could likely get many of these breeds from breed rescues, uh, Greyhound rescues and uh, you know Rottweiler rescues and things like that. So they could probably get their hands on a breed, and sometimes they show up at, at humane societies and, and things like that. Um, but you're, you're basically saying that because they aren't going, uh, going about it the way you think they should by going to the Humane Society or going to a rescue, instead going out and, and purchasing a dog when the, essentially they're contributing to adding to the population of dogs out there uh, and making it so that those dogs at the Humane Society won't be rescued, uh, that, that you feel like ostracizing them. Am I understanding you, uh, your position? Correct, because I think when you hear a lot about this, most people are like, oh, you need to pass a law and and outlaw breeders, and I'm not saying that. I'm saying the free market, um, I think if we made it popular enough in society to basically make it very negative thing to do to breed a dog, uh, over time, attitudes would change, and hopefully the number would go way down. I think ostracism is way more powerful than anything you can write in a law. Oh, I absolutely agree with you there. Uh, in fact, I mean, we've seen over the time, over the years we've been doing this show, stories about animals that have been, for instance, uh, labeled as endangered, protected in some way, prohibited from being owned are essentially a very high-demand product. Uh, they, but there's still people out there that want those special birds and lizards and, and uh, things like that, and they will pay a premium even more so because they'd be buying them through the black market in order to get their hands on them. And indeed, people will smuggle animals uh, over airplanes and things like that, smuggle them inside their uh, their suitcases and their, their overcoats. And it's crazy what the, the black market will do to get people well, animals. I hear two different things here. I, th- I hear um, Taryn's point being that uh, puppy mills are... Uh, abuse. No, you're talking about breeders. I understand. Okay. I, uh, what, I hear two different things. I don't hear what Taryn's saying about breeders being the same thing. I hear Taryn saying that breeders, uh, that the, t- the puppy mills are bad scenarios, and I agree with that. What I hear you saying is, is that um, it's expensive to buy a thoroughbred dog, so people shouldn't do that. Is that no, what? I'm, no, I'm, why shouldn't people buy thoroughbreds, Ian? No, that's not what I said. Maybe you weren't paying attention. I'm uh, trying my best I, here. I, I'm trying I, to stick I, with you. I think I followed it. I'm taking Terrence's position that uh, essentially the people that are buying these bred dogs are not uh, they're, they're they're not contributing to actually rescuing a dog that needs help in the humane society. Is that right, Terrence? Yeah, and, and not only that, one step further, if they don't sell these breed dogs, what do you think happens to them? They end up being in the pound or rescue dogs. So, you know, if they only sell three out of the ten dogs that you have, they once they get old enough, they're no longer marketable. You know, well, this, Taryn, how do you feel about other animals? Like the different, there's so many different uses for animals yeah. that people use, and and I think that and I think it's common for people to you know the culture we were brought up in treats uh, certain pe- animals that are typically kept as pets and domesticated sees them very differently from say a goat or a pig or a whale or you know so on a cow and and it's our, that's that's a cultural thing it's we each see them differently but what you know, uh, I, I, it just seems like so much of that is in our heads. You know, I was about it to pay. I was, a, I was about to pay three hundred dollars for a regular, old, ordinary, not, de, not no special breed cat 
because I had been around that cat for a year and fallen in love her. with it. Yeah. <laughs> and and ah, it was just an ordinary cat that was uh, 100 bucks to get it at, from the Humane Society, and that was mostly to pay for shots and things like that. And, uh, you know, and so in my eyes, that cat was special. I acknowledge that I see that cat very special. And then, then someone in another part of the world might just see it as, oh, that's food. food. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's, right. it's meaningful to me. But uh, well, so I don't know that my, I – go ahead. I'm sorry. My, my, my take on it, and it is probably a little out there because I thought about this a lot. I was like, you know, how come – we have all these laws or, or we care about dogs and cats, but yet we think nothing to kill, uh, you know, a, a, whatever, a cow or a chicken, chicken or a goat. And honestly, like I said before, I think if you actually had to get down and dirty since we're so far removed away from that culture, I don't think a lot of people could do it like they used to in the past. Um, if you had to look an animal in the eye and kill it, I think I, there would be a lot more vegetarians on this planet. But and, isn't right. that again? Honestly, but that's but but that's still it's it's the point is that it's 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 well, uh, it's in our heads the the meaningfulness I'm, of a certain. So animal is it worth another. ostracizing over? Is are, are you saying Dale, I, that you would not uh, participate I'm in not, the ostracization of ostracizing? See, breeders? well, ostrac- Let's talk about ostracizing for just a moment. There are degrees of ostracizing, obviously. Like like just sort of choosing not to buy from a certain person is a form a little bit of ostracism. Mm-hmm. And that same person you might say hi to when you see them out and you know be nice to them you just might not buy from them there's degrees of ostracism you might you might just say i'll go to a party that this person is at but i won't invite them to my parties you know things like and 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 then someone else might say i'm not going to even if you have this person at your party i'm not going to go there mm-hmm. so you shouldn't invite them to your party either and that's a, a more a stronger degree and then there's like i don't even want someone to sell this person food you might go around handing out flyers saying don't sell to this person don't even sell them food they killed someone and and Child molesters. you know and yeah whatever and and they and and they they need to they have to should have to fend for themselves because they're they have they've decided they're not going to be a social they're not going to be a peaceful person in society or whatever but um so there's degrees of ostracism, and, and for something like this, I think that I'm sort of halfway there. I think that I would like to support mar- uh, different market uh, things like Humane Society and Pet Adoption mm-hmm. um, when, there's, when I think you can get a really good pet that way. And well, you're not willing uh, to stop. Yeah, being I, would, I, would, with I would lean toward that, but I wouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't have really strong feelings about someone who but really wants a certain brain is willing to pay for the it. point. The the point is, I, I uh, you know haven't been able to bring up here that I think is very important is that buying from a breeder or even buying from a puppy mill is a humanitarian act for the animal that you're buying. Yeah, but at the same time, it encourages them to keep going. You're encouraging that marketplace. So I understand where Terrence coming from, and I don't know if I'd be willing to really ostracize somebody severely sure. by this beyond just having a conversation about well, why didn't you go to the the Humane Society, that kind of thing. But, Taryn, I wanted to take this real quickly to the next level. Using your logic here, shouldn't uh, you also support ostracizing people who have children? Explain. I'm not following that. Well, I mean, there are are a lot of kids kids in adoption. Right. There are a lot of kids that are waiting uh, and will never be adopted that are waiting in orphanages around the world uh, that uh, would love to have a family of uh, of caring adults who want to have a child. uh, But yet they go and they get knocked, you know, they knock the... each other I honestly, I'm going to to be straight about this. Yes, because I see these people that spend twenty thousand dollars trying to go to fertility clinics when they could go out and adopt somebody. Well, then, okay, really, so you're really going to be so you're going to you're going to uh, you're going to ostracize everybody so, that has children. I, well, how hard is it going to ostracize? Is the question? Yeah, it's not so much. I think if someone actually came to me and said, "Hey, I'm going to spend all this money to, and we really, really want our own child," I would try to talk them out of it. 
I think that, like, yeah, that's what you can do. But I mean, would, you, would you stop being friends with them? I mean, what level of ostracism? Oh, um, right. No, I, I, you know, that's a good point. I don't think I would hold it to the same degree. Fair enough. Hey, thanks for the call tonight, Taryn. appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Animals are property. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That ever brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to do so by going to promote.freetalklive.com. list of things you can do to get Free Talk Live on the air in more areas, to get uh, more ears tuned into the show in various different ways, whether it be... Uh, perhaps via uh, internet radio or via radio radio or via satellite radio. Uh, we've got different ways to get people turned on to this uh, this program. Head over to promote.freetalklive.com to get some ideas as to how to get them tuned in. Promote.freetalklive.com. And by the way, the site, actually, uh, main feature of our website allows you to influence the stuff we'll talk about on the air here tonight. Uh, Mark, you're going to tell us something, if we get a chance, about gold and how the federal government wants to have you fill out a, a new form, perhaps. The government. Uh, if you're going to be purchasing gold. So uh, that may be coming down, and that's a news right from the front page of our website, which we wouldn't be able to – we would probably wouldn't even know about if it weren't for listeners like you going to freetalklive.com and submitting the different things that you find interesting on the, the internet. Other listeners then voting up or voting down whether they like or dislike, and the most liked ones making it to the front page and the top of our website. So head over to freetalklive.com. Get interactive as we continue. Mark, I know you want to keep talking about the dog thing. Hold that thought. Let's talk to Cynthia first. She's on the line in Maine. Cynthia, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, hi. Um, my name is Cynthia, and yes, um, I'm calling uh, tonight in reference to a, a major problem that I'm having as a trustee in the state. Um, a few a years trustee? back, um, I'm a trustee for some property in the state of Maine. Okay. Um, I own some property in Kingfield, Maine. I'm one of the trustees that uh, run the property. Got it. And um, I'm basically calling tonight because um, I, I read an article in uh, New York Times, Alex uh, uh, Confessory, I believe, did a, uh, a story in the Times called Windmills Bring a Whiff of Corruption. And um, that's in Franklin County, New York. And um, coincidentally, uh, the property that I represent is in Franklin County, Maine, um, which is in a, a very windmill active area. And um, <laughs> to make a long story short, um, we've been, um, you know, fighting um, the uh, maybe loggers, uh, people that are trying to access property up above. I, I know Beirut owns a, a huge amount of property up above us, backside of Sugarloaf, um, Poland Spring, et cetera, but a lot of windmill activity. And um, the, the thrust of um, Confessori's article was that um, windmills bring a whiff of corruption, and that article focused on um, town officials who were you know, pushing things through at the town level, 
on the side had leases with these windmill companies and were making money privately. Hmm. So um, the, the thrust of our lawsuit, which um, um, uh, we brought to court just recently, and by the way, Justice Delahanty um, uh, saw in uh, uh, the Franklin County area, um, was that this individual um, is, is on the town board and owns about a 1,000 acres above our property, which he hasn't been able to access for a number of years. And uh, this Beirut company owns a lot of um, property up above us. And um, actually, we lost our, our acreage, and um, we didn't receive any damage money. But um, How I did you lose your acreage? Um, Justice Delahanty, who I, I want to go on record as saying is, um, in my opinion, a very honest, upstanding judge. I'm very impressed with him. Um, uh, the judge ruled that this individual um, uh, should receive this 18 acres. And um, coincidentally, it never came out in court that um, how we obtained this property is... Um, the person who um, received the 18... I'm sorry, just, just trying to understand here. You're saying that you had 18 acres that was given to someone else by this judge? Um the trusted? This, 18 acres, this 18 acres is ours. I've got tax records since 19, mid-1960s. But the judge it gave it to someone else? That's correct, yep. Okay. And um, essentially how he obtained it is after my aunt died, um, he went up to my cousin who has brain tumor and seizures and got her to sell him our land. So it created a civil dispute. So you believe, that, you believe that he took advantage of somebody who was not maybe in their right mind? The, this I do. Person? Yeah, she, she's had a brain tumor and seizures since her mom died of cancer, mm-hmm. um, who coincidentally they also harassed. But the right judge backed up, this judge that you supposedly respect backed up the other side and, and, and confirmed that you don't own it anymore? That's correct, yeah. Uh-huh. Why would you have yeah, such respect for that, for that judge? I'm just curious. Um, my, my my initial impression of this gentleman was that he was a very honest, upstanding person, and I, I believe that still to this day. I'm not quite sure what went wrong. Um, tax records did not come into play into court. Um, my cousin, who has a brain tumor um, and seizures, uh, that didn't come up in court. And I'm not sure why these things didn't come come up into court. Um, so the, let me, hold on, let me just stop you right there. So you lost 18 acres to, is it the, the company that does the windmills? Well, it, it, what, el- what also came out in court is that this individual who is a town selectman has exchanged property with this company called Beirut, who is into windmills. Uh-huh. Okay. And um, I, uh, windmills are definitely in the area. Um, so you believe yeah. that you were wronged, and is it just that you want to tell us your story about how you think that you got screwed over? What else Pretty is much. there? What else is there here? Like, what, are, like, what else are we missing? Well, pretty much there's a, there, there seems to be a trend that these windmill companies are working with local officials in a more or less unethical manner hmm. to get um, what my understanding was from, from another attorney was to get their equipment up and to get the power down. So the man that actually acquired the 18 acres is a town selectman? That's correct. I see. Now, uh, okay, so, and it was your cousin, was it? I'm sorry, who was it that signed it away that was under medical condition? My, my, my cousin who has brain uh, tumor and seizures. Now, yep. now, was your cousin another member of the trust? Uh, no, she is actually my mom's uh, cousin, a uh, niece, I'm sorry. Um, her mother died of cancer and actually fought these people very hard before she died. And um, that's sort of... Well, sort who of owned ad- the property? I mean, how is it that the cousin could sell a property that is yours without your consent? Um, he paid, the town selectman paid for a survey to be done for her. 
What does that mean? Meaning that he found that the survey found that it was not... I'm confused. What does that mean? It means that he paid for the survey for her, um, and basically that survey found that it was her land and not ours. Oh, okay. So the corrupt town official... Did she have land that wasn't yours? She never did because we paid taxes on it since 1960. So I you've got all the records that shows that you've been paying taxes on this. The old you sure service. this judge isn't just in it with the selectmen? I mean, doesn't that make I, more sense? I, I, I think the judge is a very upstanding person, and I think that I've been told today... Is the judge standing behind you right now with a gun? Oh, you can't answer that. I understand. Never mind. Go, no, carry on. I, 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 I've been told this is a very heated political issue. Yeah, and it and, seems like uh, the judge took took sides. I mean, why you would still uh, have any sort of worship for this man in the robe is very confusing to me. I mean, he. Well, I think Mark is I, right. I, well, I'm not sure. It, I, I, I guess I'm not really sure that I can say that about this gentleman. What I can say is that the attorney for the selectman is a judge, um, as well as an attorney, and I think he limited the evidence that was allowed to be entered. What? Uh, well, well, where, okay, what is the area of Maine? How many people live in it? Um, well, I'm not sure how many people live in this area, but there, there is a tremendous amount of windmill activity. If you Google this area in Kingfield, Maine, there's... Kingfield, Maine? Yeah, K-I-N-G-F-I-E-L-D, Maine, and there is humongous, um, tremendous windmill activity. Pone Spring, Pone... Uh, <laughs> All right, Pone. look, uh, you've got 1,000 people that live in... Uh, 1,100, 1,200 maybe... Uh, that live in Kingfield, Maine. I think that... It uh, sounds even more corrupt to me. Yeah, it sounds to me like you're deluding yourself into believing that this judge is somehow an honorable man, uh, and that he's he would do the right thing, but he just made a mistake. You don't think this guy plays golf with the selectmen? I, I think the attorney for the selectmen, who is a judge, limited the evidence that went in. That's what I think. But you had evidence of your own saying that you went back and Did you... Did you not have an attorney? I did have an attorney. I had a great attorney. And I, your attorney I didn't say, hey, the evidence has been limited here. My, um, the, this woman didn't own the property. She's never owned the property. That you paid taxes. Uh, she's, got, uh, she's, she's deranged. Um, you know, she, he didn't. Uh, did you do another survey, like a counter survey, to show that, uh, in yes. fact? Hmm? Yes. As a matter of fact, the, the survey that the uh, selectman had done is called a tape and compass, and it's basically the Kmart of, of surveys. The survey that I had done is an Alta survey. (laughs) It's American Land Title Association survey, and it's the highest commercial grade survey. So basically, you did a better survey. You had all the tax documents. You came into court, presented all this stuff, and and this supposedly honorable judge decided in the favor of the town selectman. Nope, the evidence never made it in. Your evidence never made it in? Nope, the tax records never made it in. The fact that I had an Alta survey never made it in. How did that not make it in? Who who rejected Um, that? Also... Also, wait, 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 wait. Before I, you go to also, how did that stuff never make it in? Well, that, that I don't know. That's, that's what puzzles me and brings me to calling you, actually. Um, and, and by the way, I've called the Post today. I've called you, submitted, you submitted it as evidence and someone rejected it, presumably. Someone told you you can't have this as evidence, right? My attorney said it couldn't get entered. Sounds like he's in on it, too, sweetie. Good luck uh, Good luck to you out there. Uh, sounds like it's all the good old boys club. and they I mean, That's kind of how the legal system works. Yeah. So. They all play golf together. They all hang out together. They party together. It's their system. Byjurisdictionary.com. Maybe you'll have a chance. Yeah, not yours. More coming up here in moments. Hour three's on the way. Mark, I know you want to come back to the, the dog thing, so uh, make a note. We'll do that. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? 
liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed liberty media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. As always, you're invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything at all. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. When was the last time CB radios were in the news? It's been a long time, I bet you. In fact, I imagine kids these days don't even know what a CB radio is. Uh, well, Delaware has now banned the use of CB radios under certain circumstances, uh, mainly in the car. We'll tell you what that's all about here in a little bit. Uh, but your calls come first, so we go. And Mark wanted to get back to the uh, the dog thing, the dog breeding discussion, which we'll recap for those of you just tuning in, of course. But first, Frank is in New York to start things out. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, how are you doing? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, the comment I wanted to make regarding the person that, that uh, was the trustee for the property uh, this is a woman, what, by the way, uh, for our listeners just tuning in, who had called us at the end of the last hour to explain that she had 18 acres of property uh, that was taken from her by a, a sleazy town selectman who uh, managed to get somebody who was maybe not in their right mind to agree to something. And then in her family that, that really had no power to sign off. Y- or right. And, you know, I I, uh, I made the comment, is the judge standing behind you with a gun? I mean, judges are always standing behind people with guns. Well, she was talking a, about how great the judge sense. was. And, yeah. Uh, in a proverbial sense, they're always standing behind people with a gun, and and I am totally extrapolating and you know uh, going way out of out of the out on a limb to say this, but uh, I get the impression that she doesn't want to say anything bad about this judge, but she, she'll know, have to deal with him again on the air, and right. at the, or that there will be repercussions. Right, because she lives in a town of a thousand people or eleven hundred people, and uh, and she'll in- inevitably have to deal with that very same judge yeah, over uh, again. And, you know, we you know people are afraid of officials in government for good reason. So basically, it went to court, and the judge uh, the judge sided in favor of the town selectman, and the attorney of the town selectman was another judge, apparently, according to her. And as we pointed out, all these guys hang out together. They're all buddies, most yeah. likely. Well, so, Frank, what I wanted ahead. to say uh, it's a very basic point of law is that whosever name is on the deed has possession of the land or owns the land. So if – I don't know how a person could own land, pay taxes on it for $40 or 40 years, I'm sorry, 40 years, and then have it taken away from her. I have a feeling that maybe uh, the cousin who sold – the land to the windmill company her name was on the deed and most probably this person wasn't and they may have had an oral agreement that was made you know 40 years ago that uh you know they would uh, keep the land or they would be owners of it but by not having their name placed on the deed uh they don't own it under the law therefore right about that, that. Would, that would explain why 
most probably the judge gave it to the cousin or the cousin was able to dispose of it as she chose to do, whether she was incapacitated or not. Now, my concern is this. I, I don't know if the person went to court with an attorney or not, but, you know, uh, this stuff kind of happens all the time in families. That's why it's so important to have your name on the deed. You can't trust even your father who make a promise that, oh, when I'm gone, this will all be yours, because if your name is not on the deed or the name is not in the will, you know, that's it's going to be a tough battle. And if yep, the attorney uh, that, that was also representing the windmill company had a judge as the counsel uh, with another judge who was a friend, I mean, that that's conflict of interest and it would demand ethically <laughs> under the Bar Association yeah, but there's always that a they conflict have to recuse themselves yeah, but that, with a conflict of interest. There's always a conflict of interest because it's always the judge who's working for the state and the prosecutor who's working for the state in most uh, court cases. That's a criminal case. Yeah, in a criminal case, but it's very frequently you can find easily find conflicts yeah, of interest. Yeah, but the point is, without knowing, without knowing all of the context regarding who owned what, what was on the deed, uh, the whole thing, it's, it's hard hard to make a judgment or hard to know what's happened but the point is she didn't say that her name was on the she did not if it had You're been right. then she would have been able to do what she wanted with the land now unless there's eminent domain where the government comes in and says oh we need this for a public no, it didn't project sound like that. It didn't maybe sound... maybe the windmills are a public project but in that case she would have to be compensated for the land under the law uh now it may not be what we would consider fair market value, but the point is there would be some compensation in exchange for the property. So that wasn't even addressed in the call. So, I mean, I, I would, maybe if the person calls in again and, and gives us more information, we could figure what's going on. But the point is, I think we have to be very, you know, careful with that. And always remember, make sure your name is on the deed. Well, I, and always remember to pay I... your taxes, because if not, the first thing the government's going to do is go in and confiscate the property and sell it. Well, and I, I had asked her that question, time. and I don't recall what the exact answer was. Maybe she just kind of dodged around it, and I didn't take notice of it. But I, didn't I you know, ask her essentially, how did, how did this cousin of yours get the ability to sign away your property? Something like no, that. No, she never answered that. Okay. And that's exactly the – apparently she was able to do it because her name was on the deed. So that's it, and I feel sorry for the person that was stuck with 40 years of taxes, but the point is you never should have been paying taxes unless your name was on the deed. It's Fair very enough. simple. Frank, thanks for I mean, if I can get someone to pay my – if yeah. I have a mortgage and I can get someone to pay my mortgage for me on the property, you know, that's, you know, that's the way it is, you know. Well said, sir. Thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Anybody who'd like to pay my property taxes, call in now. <laughs> right. So, Mark, uh, let's take take the discussion back to the dogs. We uh, Last hour, we're talking about dog breeding. Uh, Taryn Lupo called in from LCLReport.com to uh, to speak against it, and I uh, took his position. I, gr- I agree with where he's coming from. I think that... Uh, yeah, you, you must acknowledge though it's just a personal preference thing, and and, and that's why I have that's why the whole notion of ostracizing, I, you know, it's yeah. fine to ostracize to some degree for your personal preferences. I think it's a bit much to ostracize really strongly over your personal preferences because I don't think Taryn's say a vegetarian. I don't think he doesn't wear leather. I don't think he's he he sees animals as 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 um as having equal rights or or that they you know or having certain rights that that mustn't be well, abused right. i think it's a personal preference dogs and cats for understandable reasons that's a culture he he was brought up in and i was brought up in 
And uh, but but on some level, you have to acknowledge it's sort of a personal preference, and so it's hard to get too upset about it. If that's how I feel about it, I mean, I'm not going to cut off a friendship because of it. But at the, on the other yeah. hand, I might have a conversation about well, why didn't you, why didn't you use the uh, my, my it's like my my feelings toward my, my cat is not my cat actually, but that I that this feels like my cat because I was around her so much is is a personal preference. I mean, that cat is special to me. To the rest of the world, eh, little black and white cat. <laughs> so, Mark, where did you want to go with this? Well, uh, you had, uh, I, I had suggested that um, by you know not going to breeders uh, and not purchasing dogs from breeders, and by uh, you know not purchasing you know dogs from pet stores or anything, that you're you're actually uh, you're you're, subju- you're subjecting those animals, those particular animals, to you know a less uh, less than optimal circumstances right well, but they're already in those circumstances and it's not my responsibility oh no to i'm not suggesting that it's your responsibility perpetuating it's, not my respons- it's not your responsibility to do anything right. okay? and i don't want to contribute to to perpetuating that you what you're saying is well if you care about those animals you'd rescue them uh, by buying them and no uh, i'm not going to buy them because that supports what those people are doing and i don't support what they're doing uh, it it supports those people, and that much is true. But um, you, you, what you're what you're saying here is that that you know screw the animal. I have a theory, and my theory is more important. No, it's not screw the animal. It's I can only have so many animals, and when I'm going to get an animal, I'm going to the humane society. So it's not saying screw those animals. It's That's saying- why he 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 wants to help uh, rescue animals. As you know, and 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 that's how he's going to. Uh, have his influence in the market is to re- help rescue those animals and not so, uh, help support the market of breeding more of animals mind, when though. there's so many. Well, I'm acknowledging it's personal preference thing, right? Well, but I, this is this is the point I'm making. I got my dog from a breeder, and mm. it, the dog was six months old, less than optimal. Okay, like the that it, it's not a puppy anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't want a puppy. Personally, and you paid five hundred dollars for it. That's correct, and it five, had health problems. All, it's very typical with uh, bred dogs because of the inbreeding, and again, another thing I don't want to support. Uh, you're okay. not, it, that's, well, that's true. Definitely, you're mutts are healthier huge in general. Huge sweeping statements. So you're abs- statement? No, it's not. It is not a true statement. It bred dogs are more some, likely to get sick. It is true. It is true for some breeds that are uh, bred to you know be very bizarre. If you keep animals, a bunch of animals together in a close area, they're more likely to be mm-hmm. ill, and that was the circumstance. There are definitely health problems in general associated with with particularly with highly bred inbred highly dogs. Highly bred. That's like. Well, the, yeah, I mean, well, sure. I mean, but because you know, crossing different types of genes together results in a in generally a better uh, sure. Mix right, that's of, why I, when you're talking about breeds that are prolific, say golden retrievers or something like that, which is what mine is. We're coming up here eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You haven't quite made your point, so we'll get back to that in your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. And we're brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the news updates, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, go to news.freetalklive.com. Get on the lists. You can go and follow our Twitter or Facebook 
You can also sign up for the old-fashioned email list as well. Head over to, and of course, that's actually the best way to keep up to date. The email still is the best way because Twitter, Facebook, unless you're there all the time, you might miss something. So go to news.freetalklive.com and take your pick. MemoryDealers.com is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers. The optical transceivers are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers and up to 99% off of list price. They've got them in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery at MemoryDealers.com. All right, we uh, continue the discussion, and we'll jump right into your phone calls here in a moment. Mark, you're trying to uh, you were you were trying to get to your point about uh, dog breeding. I am opposed to it. I think that uh, people should. I'm, I agree with Taryn Lupo that people should buy their dogs from the Humane Society, should acquire their dogs and their cats from the Humane Society, because I think it's tragic that the, those animals are are allowed to, you know, just uh, rot away essentially without having anybody come to uh, to take care of them. So, and I think I think it's absurd to pay hundreds of dollars for uh, for an animal when they're in such prolific supply. Most animals I'm, at the Humane Society. I, I'm are, not sure I would use such strong language. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's using terribly I, I, strong I understand language. you, and I think I agree. I, I tend to have similar preferences to you in that regard, and I would t- again want to support the market in that way, and I would certainly encourage people to to adopt from the Humane Society. It's a strongly encourage them to. I just don't want to use really strong, like almost moral. Uh, oriented language about it because I think it is again they're animals and we all have our preferences about what how we look at animals and I don't think that there's that many my experience with the humane society maybe I'm wrong here but my experience and I and, and it's not it is not a small amount of experience my experience with the humane society is that the good animals get adopted and that the bad animals, the ones that are bite crazy, can't be around kids, guard food, um, you know, they're just, they're really not good for much of anything but well, guarding you, your junkyard. You must also acknowledge, you must certainly acknowledge there's like a bigger supply than demand in those, in terms of those animals. There's probably a lot of those animals that would be great pets. Are we talking about cats adopted. or dogs? Probably both. I don't think, I, do, I disagree on dogs. I think that, do, oh. they're, you know, that... <laughs> I think that the most of the good dogs out there, the dogs okay. that you can have with your family and kids, and uh, you know, are, are trainable and all that stuff. They're they're in high demand at the the at the humane society. You go in one weekend, they're there. You go in the next weekend, they're gone. And that's okay. my experience. Cats, there's cats everywhere. They're 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 they, pests. They, they, they're they breed. They do breed quickly and easily, and out in the you know. Yeah. But this it's the moralizing on animals by the you know the people that would tell others how to handle animals. Like, I, I I don't exactly like. So there are people out there who will say, "Don't drink milk because they're taking away the baby cows from the mamas, and that's how they get milk, and milk is bad." But if you don't drink if you don't drink milk, people immediately stop drinking milk. The udders on these dairy cows will burst, and those dairy cows will die. So yeah, I just I just feel like the people that buy bred dogs are kind of more the snobby types. That's, yeah. that's that's your opinion. But here's the point I'm trying to make is I can have an opinion. I can say you're too skinny to breed. Mm-hmm. All right. And if you're hanging off of a cliff. No worries. I've got a vasectomy. Right. I, I, I understand. But because I, I, I support the idea of adoption. If I ever want a kid, I, I will adopt I agree them. with that. I think yeah. adoption's great. But I'm just telling you, I can have a moral opinion that you're too skinny to be to breed. And if you're hanging <laughs> off of a cliff, I can just say, you know what? I'm not going to do anything about this because this guy is too skinny to breed. <laughs> 
it's my it's my choice, right? Supposed to apply to this? Yes, it is. You kind of you guys have no obligation. You're venturing into really the sort of you know the moral nihilist position, or that's that's what I think this is from a moral position. No, I'm not arguing that. I'm not. I'm claiming that um, you know that that whenever you get a dog and you love that dog, it's a very good and fine thing. What Ian's saying is is that. Well, you can't get the bread dogs. They're it's not only snots, only bad, well, I think snooty people. people I think their people who buy a joints would. What would about people who buy dog? T-shirts that have big letters "Tommy Hilfiger" across the front of it? I that don't seems care. ultra snobby to me. <laughs> Fine, I don't care. I don't know if it's immoral. Would you I let them like, fall off a cliff because they I had it on them? And I'm like, this I'll is what at, I'm saying: is that animals <laughs> it's die the same thing. because of that attitude. It's the same thing that you bought your you bought your 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 bread animal for five hundred bucks, and and I'd be and it'd be like if I saw you with a Tommy Hilfiger T-shirt. On, I'd be like, ugh. I can't believe you bought that T-shirt and paid way too much, so it could have Tommy Hilfiger across the front, and everyone could know that he got a designer. T-shirt. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, <laughs> right? Don't hang off a cliff, Skinny. Not many, many cliffs around here, so I'll be all right. Let's go to uh, Shane in Connecticut. Oh, uh, yeah, Shane, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Oh uh, yes, I was just actually on uh, Free Talk Live, the chat, and they told me to introduce myself because I've had a hard time connecting with some of the the free staters in Keene. So I requested as many of them as I've seen on uh, Facebook, but it seems that a lot of the people that put Keene as their current place are actually not in Keene. So a lot of the responses I got were, hey, actually not in uh, in Keene yet, but I'm in Arizona or I'm in Texas or from other places. So, so, so actually, you're saying there are a lot of people really on Facebook like that are... Somebody. You're saying there are a lot of people on Facebook that are listing themselves as in Keene, but they're they're not yet here. Yes. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's exciting. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's people want to be known as a keen you know, act now. We've made it popular. Whether they're in keen or not, so I can kind of get some like local info on, on restaurants, uh, house prices. I'd recommend jobs, that you head over you know, to the. Whatnot. Are you on the you free know, keen? Who's actually been there for a while, but right. it's so hard to actually find someone. You know, and actually I don't think it's that hard. Uh, maybe just, you, with you. it's possible you're not looking in the right place. There is the free keen yeah. forum. Uh, are you there? Yes. Oh, there's a lot of people in Keene that are on the Free Keen You've Forum. You've been on the Free Keen Forum and you can't find restaurants yeah. and, and people to hang out with? Well, actually, um, I told a whole bunch of people I was going up there on uh, Free Keen Forum. I believe it was Free Keen Forum. Yeah, no, I, and, um, I think I may have talked I, to I you I think I read it on BBS that you said that. And I, the, the, you know, the people in the BBS are like, Rawr. I I thought, I, are, you, are you the one that brought, uh, you camped and you, you're a motorcycle rider? Oh, no, 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 oh. that's not me. But I did read that one. Okay, because um, someone came up and... and and he said, I'm coming, and then the next message I saw that I understood was, I, I, I came and went. And I'm like, whoa, what, you were here? <laughs> I didn't even, like, he didn't say when yeah. exactly. I thought he was, like, making these tentative plans and that he was going to say, oh, I'll be up there tomorrow. What are you guys doing? And I don't know. I never saw a message like that. Because so oh, a lot yeah. of times people show up. There are people who showed up, put out a pork 411, said, hey, I'm in Keene. You want to meet for lunch? And a dozen people show up to meet him for lunch. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 we oh, got to yeah. know, though. I mean, we're not psychic, you know, and... And so, yeah. oh, I actually, um, <laughs> I met someone in Keene on uh, the the was the town center on 420, and I actually requested the person on Facebook, and I sent them a couple messages, but I haven't gotten any response. And it's like, you know, did I give the person a bad impression? You know, am I that bad of a you know a person that's you know they don't want to talk to me? Maybe they like, maybe I sent a couple other messages out to just you know random people with uh, post post a know, public message on the free Keene forum that you're going to be in town. On, uh, houses, you know, there's yeah, any look, rent to own. Uh, Stop for a second. Post a public message on the freaking forum and see what you'll have is the people who respond are the mm-hmm. people who are sociable and eager to meet a new mover. And those are the kind of people, instead of just picking a couple of people at random that you know nothing about, post a public message yep. on the freaking forum and you'll have people who have time and who are sociable and want to come out and meet you. And there's a lot of them. 
uh, they'll they'll respond and say, "I'm going to be in town yeah. on this day. What's a, a good place statement. for us to all have lunch or something?" Right. That's a general statement that's true of all across New Hampshire. If you're considering a move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, uh, then you post a message on the, whatever forum, whether it's uh, the Free there's, King there's, Forum, there's or NH NHFree.com, or maybe some of the other forums out there. But those are the kind of the two yeah. main ones. And you post in advance, let people know when you're coming up, uh, and you know what, if you want to get together for dinner or whatever you want to do. And people will will normally step up and and get together. There was a guy here from Louisiana the other week. He called Pork 411, left a message. I called him back, said, when do you want to get together? We put out the news that uh, that people were getting together. Mark, you were there for that dinner. What do we have, a full uh, 15 people? Dozen or more. So, yeah, head over to the Free Keen Forum, get to know people there, and then come on up again and uh, try it again. Thanks for the call. Good luck. More coming up. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there. Listening options are available around the clock. You can get the latest episode of Free Talk Live and, of course, listen as it happens via our live streams, broadband and dial-up versions available. Plus, our webcam is there and listen lines that allow you to listen around the clock via any phone that can dial long distance. It's all free for you. Unless you have to pay for long distance, of course, with the listen lines. Go to listen.freetalklive.com and get tuned in. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Now, we just had a call uh, from Shane in Connecticut uh, airing some concerns about the movement up here in New Hampshire. As you know, uh, those of us who are on this program moved here as a result of the Free State Project. Uh, The idea is a simple one and I think very powerful. Uh, Get liberty-oriented people together in the same place so they can get active and we can actually achieve liberty in our lifetime. You can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it, freestateproject.org. Uh, in fact, they've got a great 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire. And sort of to emulate that, uh, we created the 130 reasons to move to Keene, or actually more than that now. It keeps gro- The list keeps growing. It's going to grow again as soon as uh, Keene Last Biscuit gets here. Oh, yes, it will. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. I must, must update the list at that time. But there's 24 hours. Always- Agorist-style food delivered. Underground (laughs) uh, food delivery. I think underground communicates better to, uh, to people what that means. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so lots of great reasons to come to Keene. People read that. They get excited. Uh, and as in Shane's case, he came up for a visit. And I, was, I, I did look on the forum during the break, the Free Keen forum, which is where a lot of the activists hang out and, and talk on, online. And I, I remember there was a Shane that had registered there recently, a former Marine who had, who had registered and had posted a few messages. And he did mention in a couple of his posts that he was planning on coming up and that he would be at 420. And I think that uh, the 420 celebrations, for those that don't know, uh, people have been smoking cannabis in Town Square now, the center of town for months and it's been an incredible civil disobedience success story. But maybe one of the, the problems here is there's miscommunication uh, going on. And, and the 420 celebrations are an incredible success story. They're an amazing example of civil disobedience winning 
essentially, because the cops leave us alone. The other night we had our yep. nightcap, which Night you, you can be in alone. the park anytime, pretty much, smoke cannabis, and you'd be all right. Uh, it helps if you're with other people, but we had the the nightcap the other night, This the very first all-night cap that went on all night long. We were at the, the park from like 11 at night to 4 in the morning, and uh, we had, you know, we get, we had cans of beer and uh, there were beers in the uh, in the, the, the park fountain uh keeping them a little cool because it was a warm night out and uh, we were waving at the we started waving at the cops as they would drive by because they <laughs> love driving by it's the main street yeah. so they're up and down it all the time we actually got five waves from the cops uh, throughout the throughout the night outreach so, yeah, there they're you nice go. guys, and yeah. by and large, and they've decided to leave you go. You shouldn't yeah, yeah. say win. I got it. it is not a win. It is it's a, win. a it's a, no. It's a stalemate. No, it's a well, win. It's, it's, you're able to smoke cannabis uh, in public uh, and and break the it's law. A, it's a battle one, not a war. Yeah, let's yeah. put it that way. And and I think that uh, when you say that they're 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 nice guys, and I think that's a fair thing to say. It, it is always relative to other cops it out isn't, there. It, it, they're still cops, sir. And yeah. there are people out there who will chew my head off for saying anything nice at all about any cop anywhere. Uh, but frankly, I think that, and I think that in a sense, we are creating probably what will be the best uh, police force in the mm. country in terms of being reasonable and professional and trying to be more like peace officers mm. because we are watching them and, and non-cooperating and constantly yeah non-cooperating and against tyrannical behavior and i think most we're importantly getting, videoing them we're getting yeah. something approaching more like a peace officer yep. and i think it'll get better over time oh, so that, i gotta give kudos in that sense of relative to other police police forces out there you mentioned the, the videoing police. thing mark uh actually during the nightcap at one point i don't know why they did this but they actually pulled somebody over on Main Street nearby where we were. So, of course, everybody puts down the drinks and then you know, <laughs> the walks cameras. over, gets the cameras out and walks over to uh, keep an eye on things. And we asked mm. the, the victims in the van if they wanted us to watch uh, the situation. That's the first thing you do if you're going to do a bunch of drunk people with video cameras watching me. If you're going to do a cop block, you always want to ask somebody, the victim of the police, if they actually want you there. Because in some, some cases, they don't. Uh, they feel embarrassed about what's happened to them and they don't want you there with your cameras. They may not realize that you're on their side either. Like, like look, this video is for you yeah. and uh, no one's going to see it unless you want them to. Maybe they don't. And, Some of them also yeah. like the police and they feel good about being pulled over and like, whatever. <laughs> if you don't want us there, we'll leave. But these people did. So mm-hmm. we stayed there and we watched. And actually, while we were there watching this uh, situation, there's another guy, a normal regular Keniac, who happened to be out uh, in front of his apartment because there's apartments on Main Street and he was out in front of his apartment uh, with the, what appeared to be his girlfriend. And he walks up and he says uh, he strikes up a conversation with us. And, of course, you know, the, the word around town uh, from the politicos is the, you know, the inside the system people that are, are threatened by us. So everyone hates you. Get, get out of here, you free staters. Nobody likes you. The whole community hates you. you get out. Well, so this random guy walks up as we're doing this uh, cop block. He walks up and he says uh, something about libertarians, this and that. And uh, you guys, uh, you guys helped me out uh, a few years ago. I was pulled over on my motorcycle out in front of the local pizza establishment on Main Street. And you guys poured out of the restaurant to come out and uh, and keep an eye on things. And I remember I th- I was there when uh, when that happened. Mm-hmm. And he was just he was really friendly and and was really glad that we were out there doing that same thing for that other guy. And he came out to to let us know that he appreciated that way back in you know several years ago. Yeah. So it was, it was that, a that's cool just moment. it. Those people you're not going to hear them making as many comments on Keen Sentinel and things uh, in response to an article. The, the the really you know it's the squeaky wheel you know that you hear on those things. Yeah. Someone, those people tend to be the most vocal. You're not going to get as many people who are favorable to re- 
to you know who are going they're not going to be as loud. So where I wanted to go with all this was that uh, in the case of Shane, who just called in saying he showed up at the 420, he met some guy, tried to get him on Facebook, he didn't, hasn't responded. Maybe that guy, I don't even know who it is, hasn't logged into Facebook. Not everybody is a daily user. And most and, of the people at 420 are not, are not free state activists. or free keen activists. That's, my, that's the point I wanted to make. You can go out to the 420 celebration on any given day at 420, and 90-plus percent of the people there will not be the liberty activist community now they're activists in their own way that they're doing the disobedience and that's cool yeah. but they're not the people that are going to show they're up certainly at the friendly Sundays. with us yeah right. but they're yeah they're not but, the people that are going to be at uh you know dale's party on saturday night that kind of thing they're, they're not in a little the, overlap they're not in the immediate <laughs> activist community there are a handful of the people that have come to the 420s that have really turned into that though like yeah. some locals that have come and to over time more and more it seems yep. like they get more involved with free keen they're local people and they they're, learn it and they learn the message predominantly of predominantly local Local people at the 420 uh, events, they're not Keniacs for the most part. The majority of them are locals. Well, I consider Keniac to be anybody who's 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 local, but well, uh, but they're not yeah. the liberty activists. They're not deep into that community. So just showing up at 420 and expecting to be, you know, like to have a welcoming party or something like that, odds are good you didn't have maybe more than two free staters there and if they don't know who you are like they don't know and what you, you look like and you don't know who they are then it's going to be hard to make that connection yeah so uh so the the way to get involved in the the activism community here isn't to just you know uh, quickly announce that you're going to show up show up and then expect everything to to happen for you yeah. it's to to put some level of effort into getting to know the people in the community in advance showing up at the freaking forum talking to people there uh, you know, building some level it, of connection. It'll certainly broaden the amount of people who will come out and see you. Because I think, again, I think there's the really out, more outgoing, really sociable types. That if they hear a port four one one, and uh, I'm going to be at Armadillo's at noon for lunch, or I'm going to be wherever, um, they'll drop you, what they're can doing. You, can you out. stop by? And, and there'll be half a dozen or more people who will come out and have on lunch short with you. notice on somebody on they don't notice. know. You're right about right, that. But, the, but but like you said, you're going to really broaden uh, if you if people can if people know you're coming ahead of time, then you'll have people, uh, especially if they get a chance to get to. Know know you a little bit just a little bit on the forums you introduce yourself you have a little conversation on the forums and stuff then you can uh you can have people who will make a point to try and get and meet up with you when you're right. in town they say well I, I can't come for lunch i'm working but maybe i can come for dinner or maybe we can have a cup of coffee the next morning or whatever and and the idea is that you know they'll know they'll have a feeling of who you are and they'll want to come out and meet you yes. but so you know the more we're connections all people. you can make the more connection you can, you can make in advance, the better. So it takes a little bit of time. Yeah. Uh, and then you have to kind of market yourself a little bit. I mean, you have to uh, post a message in advance before you're coming, send something to the Pork 411 <laughs> service. That allows you to call it's, a phone number. You leave a message, and then that message is blasted out to hundreds of recipients. That increases your chances of having people uh, show up. So it's not that uh, – if people don't know you're coming and don't know who you are, then that's going to reduce your, your odds of, of making you know, that connection. On a side note, I just love that the word that the term Keniac has caught on. I'm pretty sure I'm the one that came up with that. No, no, I'm going to lay claim to it. I don't think so. I think we I can, did it before you moved I think here. We can, I'll give you what? credit, Dale. Um, I think I remember. Bring, I think I bring, brought it up on a, on the New Hampshire Underground Forum a while back, and I'll try to dig up that message. Well, the, the fact that you wrote it down and I didn't write it down, okay. now you win. Yeah. Well, Makes a difference. More coming up here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their three dollars per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Talk live. Only moments remain. Enough time for.
for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online, freetalklive.com. Join Dale on his website, anarchyinyourhead.com. Though, Dale, at some point you're going to be promoting a new website, aren't you? I'm going to be promoting uh, an In Your Head Productions website, and uh, I'm also available for doing logos and cartoons for hire and stuff like that. And folks can contact you through anarchyinyourhead.com. That's right. There will be an In Your Head Productions website. We've already got... uh, the the space for it the 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 server and the URL and all that we just I just have not had a chance to program it yet. You're moving from uh, the world of pictures uh, to motion pictures. You're That's right. Turning we're yourself be, into a filmmaker. We're, already, we're the the first the first movie in the in the run is Intense, which is uh you know uh, uh teenagers being chased in the woods by a by a crazed killer. Uh, it's, it's good. I like yeah. the uh, I, I script. I've heard this plot line you, you've before. heard the script, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you no, were there, no, of you course. haven't heard you were... this pl- plot line before, Mark. It takes, uh, don't it say takes teenagers running through the woods, <laughs> and it, ter- it turns it on its head. There's a little twist, uh, at yeah, least one twist. Yeah, there's, it's, it's, it's like, I, I like to tell people, it's spam in the woods, but then you find out there's more to it, yeah. hopefully. Uh, so, yeah, if you were at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you could have uh, participated in a reading of that. Uh, That's correct. It was good. So, uh, so we're talking about the activist movement here in New Hampshire, activists coming here as part of the Free State Project, and... There are some issues. I mean, there are some problems that need to be ironed out, some some miscommunications and things that need to be resolved. You mentioned something during one of the breaks, Dale, about a mis- yeah, misunderstanding. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of repeating that uh, without going into too much about it because I don't know that the conversation was 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 uh, you know meant to be repeated, whether it was in confidence or not. But but there's but the the opinion was expressed that that Free Keen might be kind of oversold. You know that that, that someone could have the impre- maybe have a mis- some sort of misimpression about you know what what exactly. Is, is it's about or whatever, you know, and, and I think the thing is maybe it's hard for us to be objective because we're here and we know everything, and mm-hmm. you know, you're, it's like you know you can know a subject really well but not necessarily be able to teach it. Right. What does it you look ha- like as a teacher? You have to be able to lower, you yeah. sort of uh, understand that the other person is coming from a position of ignorance and they don't know everything you know, and you have to lower yourself down to what they do know it's and certainly then a communicate. Skill. Yeah. Yeah. What? Right. What? What does it look like to somebody who's on the outside? What are the impressions they're getting? How realistic are they? Uh, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, and I can understand where where that where those folks would be coming from because there's a lot of buzz about Keen. I mean, clearly we promote it on this uh, this radio program because we all live in the area, and uh, the you know the civil disobedience movement is is fairly strong here, and so therefore the videos make the rounds on the internet. The people in the the liberty movement. When I was at Porkfest, uh, people were talking about how they're paying attention. You know, they're they're watching. Maybe they aren't signed up for the Free State Project yet, but they're watching, and they're specifically watching what's going on in Keen. And so there certainly is some level of excitement and, and buzz around what's I think part of that here. is because so much media is coming is being the focused here. Sure. And so that's what people hear first and you know, it's understandable. Right. And uh, and you know, I've I've chosen the tagline for freekeen.com as New Hampshire's Liberty Activist Destination. And uh, well, that could have different meanings, right? Because clearly liberty activists are moving all all across New Hampshire. If well, you- the the other side of I, actually before I forget to mention this and cuz I'm afraid that uh uh, that's that's what's going to happen before we run out of time. But the other side of uh, sort of it being oversold is 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 that as good of a marketing tactic tactic as uh, you know is it the is it um, versus say you know how do I put this like uh, you know just doing sort of sort of just doing and and just talk and you know keeping the message out there of all what's going on so that people see it and want to become involved. Instead of selling it so hard, like oh, you need to come here. Instead of saying, you know, just doing it, and and it sells itself, you know, in a way. I so think you, you got to sell yourself. 
I think yeah. you got to sell yourself. You got to promote. That's why Freaking. One of the reasons why Freaking exists is to promote the well, idea. I, of people I'm just moving. bringing it up for the debate. I'm not. No, yeah. I'm not expressing an opinion one way or the I, other. I got so, you. you know. and, and people are going to have their opinions about what we do, right? And, yeah. and there are going to be a variety of opinions about that. Uh, but I think to some extent it's a legitimate concern. The idea that uh, that it may seem like there's more happening here than not. I mean, let's let's give a reality check. Fact is. There are really only a few dozen people that uh, that live around here that are seen on a regular basis. Uh, maybe right. there are more people living in the Keene area that I don't know about, but as far as the people that come out to things and, and do things... Really regularly, yeah, yeah, a few dozen. A few dozen people. So what we're talking about here is a burgeoning ground-level movement that is really in the still in the very early stages. I mean, Mark, yeah, and is likely... That, that, I think that might be a misperception, that there's, there's like hundreds of people yeah. or, or more. It's, it's, re- it's, it's a few dozen really passionate people that are very active. Keene is the place and to sociable. be if, if you care about liberty activism, because it's the biggest area for liberty activism sort of per capita. However, that doesn't mean that it's a big area for liberty activism. I, like it, if but you're compare, thinking, compare a few dozen people that come out really regularly for liberty yeah, activism huge. and social events and stuff to your local last libertarian meetup you had in your in town. In your town. Yeah, yeah, the impact. Did you have more than two or three people? Right. The, the, the impact <laughs> you know? of the people here, the impact of those few dozen is far greater than uh, a dozen folks wherever you come from. So, yeah. Uh, so, so comparatively, if you have a dozen, exactly, that, that's the dozen is probably the annual meeting, right? If you have a dozen who are willing <laughs> your to monthly do anything, meeting is well, two or three. You, come on, if seriously. you got a dozen that are willing to do anything beyond meet, like the the libertarians yeah. in in Sarasota, Florida, didn't have a problem meeting on a regular basis. Meeting, complain about just, government, right? It was just doing anything besides meeting that was really the issue. So, uh, so comparatively, at least from my experience, here it's like a whole world of activism. But yeah. re- in reality, it's not like the week is loaded with activist stuff to do. There's some stuff. We've got our calendar. The calendar lists some of the things we're doing. It's mostly social events, yeah, really, if you, follow, at this point. if you look on the calendar, the fact that you can find like a regular – there's like regular weekly events three times a week. Yeah. And then there's more stuff that's not there's regular. There's occasional court trial and, and, and uh, things like that that people yeah. go out to and – uh, so things come up, and, and, and really if you're, you have plan- to be if you're planning a visit, you can look on the calendar and see, and probably see something overlapping with your visit, and just show up, you know, or or, or, or you may have to ask, oh, where does that take place? Right on the forum, and well, you'll get an answer. And it's you- always good to announce in advance, as, as we were discussing earlier, say hello, introduce yourself, etc. But but I think it's important to have realistic expectations. You know, this is. The Free State Project hasn't even officially begun as far as the official move. Like, there's only a few hundred people all that have moved in all across the state. So you've got a, it's it's not the biggest of states, but still that that diffuses out the the amount of people is diffused out. There's probably only a few dozen people in, in and and some given people are area. waiting to hit that the twenty thousand number. Yeah. They're obsessed with the twenty thousand number before they move, and uh, you know we're halfway we're over halfway there now. We'll get there. So, so, so I hope I, I hope that we've addressed that. Is it oversold? I don't know. I, I agree with Mark. You've got to sell, and I, I'm more than willing to uh, to sell Keen in whatever way I possibly can because I think it's an exciting opportunity. I think it's yeah. an exciting place to live, full of interesting people, and there are more coming here uh, all the time. So, uh, so th- that's why we've got FreeKeen.com. The, the, that's the whole purpose of the website is to advertise this one area. And finally, the folks up in Grafton, they've now got FreeGrafton.com. So maybe we'll start to they've see. They've got something yeah. to hoot about too up there. Um, you know, as as far as maybe I was overstating as far as uh, you know, liberty activism. In, in a way, Grafton can can they've make had quite a, a pretty, claim. They've had a recent pretty big growth spurt. Actually. Yeah, there's, there's quite mean, a lot of people. The population is very small. Yeah. There's a, there, there are 
probably the, several dozen uh, movers up there. They and, hold political office. And it's important to think about that. Like, in, like there's more movers in, uh, overall to Manchester, but that's a really big city, mm-hmm. like massively bigger than Keene. Four and times. it's very disproportionate. I mean, there, there are more people in Manchester than in Keene, but it's disproportionate to population, I think. There's a lot. In, uh, and, and the same thing in Grafton. Like, you know, for the population, it's, a, it's really yeah, a you're lot. Gonna make a big, you want to make <laughs> a big splash, you can move to Grafton because uh, there's if just you don't not mind a lot of being Rural, right. If you don't mind being rural, in the but, woods, uh, <laughs> if you want to live in a more of an urbanized area, then Keene, I think, is uh, is, is probably the best. And choice. some people greatly desire to be out in the woods, and uh, especially libertarian types, and, uh, nice and they're willing about- to give up, you know broadband internet so that they can do that well the nice thing about new hampshire is there's woods everywhere so if you uh, decide that you want to you know live out in the woods you've got plenty of woods uh, from which to choose yeah Yeah. i I basically live in Keene, although it's a different town and i live in the woods yeah so i hope that uh, i hope that we've addressed that uh and and i don't know what the best way to deal with these objections are uh, because i I went and i updated the 130 reasons to move to Keene because the 420 celebrations is one of the top ones there so people see that they get excited by it and I added something to it saying, look, notice, this is not a mostly activist-oriented event. This is a, an event that involves mostly locals. Yeah. So don't just show up at the 420s and expect to have a welcoming party for you. You've got to reach out to people. And the Free State Project even has, for those of you that aren't just considering Keen, looking at other places, you, know, you probably should compare. Uh, but the Free State Project has welcoming wagons. They have the welcoming committee. So yep. you can reach out sea to coast, them. Concord, Manch. Yeah. There are people in every area of the, of the state who have stepped up to be the, uh, the kind of the reps, if you will, from, uh, for the welcoming committee in each area and so if you go through the free state projects website with their welcome wagon you get in touch with them say hey i'm thinking about coming up here and i want to meet some people or we're going to move up and we need somebody to help us move in and they will help facilitate that i don't know how efficient they are at it because you know it's a volunteer organization and you get what you get with that uh, so, but, but that's a one way to reach out. So if you're thinking about going to the seacoast or Concord or something like that, go to the free state project website, find the welcome wagon and reach out to those folks and let them know you're coming up. You, you, you've got to communicate with people to let them know that you're going to come up here if you want to be welcome, but it's a great place to be. And I'm so glad I'm here. Happiest years of my life since I moved to New Hampshire and especially Keene. Oh, it's so much fun. The be- the people are the best, and there's so much excitement, so much happening. So uh, come on up and add to it, because, man, again, it is still a crown floor opportunity. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.